Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Return of the Living E-Dog. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together once a, hopefully a month. Right. And talk horror movies and horror things. And horror related content. Yes. And we also like to talk about Eric's run-ins at the post office. Correct. But we'll get to that. But first, most importantly, hello, Eric. You're back. I am. I don't really feel like you went anywhere. I did because I did an episode during my uh, hiatus. That's true. I would like to say that I do feel a benefit of the hiatus. I was gonna, I'm currently I, feeling reinvigorated. I was going to ask I you. I asked you to record. Normally, it's the way, other way around. Yes. And I'm always like, fuck, I guess we can record. But no, I, I actually said, hey, let's record. I was concerned we weren't going to get a april episode out are you trying to get credit for this uh what i'm trying to Everybody say is thank eric for this what i know what i'm merely I'm stating is uh <laughs> i'm uh, stoked yes i'm uh, and you know maybe i want another one in the future but as of right now i'm happy to be here and i'm happy to be uh recording talking bullshit with you i'm happy you said all that because i actually had thought about starting a new section on this podcast called called <laughs> e-dogs anxiety level Okay. For the Ghoul Squad podcast, like we, I was gonna make like a, a sort of chart as to are you at a hundred percent anxiety level, eighty percent, fifty percent, sure, six 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 percent, one thirty eight, yes, percent. But I'm happy to have you back. How was your hiatus? I mean, we kind of already did tales from your hiatus, but how are it you? It was good, man. I've never been so happy in my whole life. How how was I during your hi- hiatus? Well, I thought the episode that you and Ben did was uh, very good. Uh, in fact, I even told you I should extend the hiatus because I thought you two had done such a good job. Yes. Well, thank you for that. Uh, shout out to my brother, Ben. Yes. We did an episode, a guest podcast, yeah. guest episode with uh, my brother. and uh, I, thought I actually it- listened to all of it. Wow, that's, that's I a don't first. Listen, I don't listen to when you and I Sound the alarms. That's a first for Eric Hoff. Yeah. Listening to the podcast. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah. No, we did a podcast with my brother. I like how there was just like occasional like shit talking to me. I thought it was good. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. It was great. You it's like fun. shit talking to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I thought it went, it came out really well. Uh, but the only thing that I noticed during it was, uh, you know, I felt like it really isn't Ghoul Squad without Mr. Eric here. So, without Kigi and Eric, I feel like it's not... There's a certain kind of magic in the air. Can you feel it? Do you feel the magic? Maybe if you guys did another episode, it could be like Ghoul Preslak. <laughs> ghoul Preslak. Preslak Squad. Let me tell you this. I don't. If we called it that, I think we would have zero listeners. You know, it could just be a cash, you know, tie-in. A cash tie-in. Okay. Cash tie-in. Right. We it, don't. It can be, you know, from those one dollars, you know, that we're getting from uh, our t-shirt dollars <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That we bought these. Uh, we're actually still paying off these mic stands. Oh wow. Uh, with that. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, speaking of t-shirt sales. Yeah. So, uh, somebody bu- finally bought another shirt. Yeah. And this is uh, Melissa Mazaris. Mm-hmm. Uh, she bought a black and white shirt. So, she bought the actual old white logo shirt because she already had a color one. She now has two. I still have zero. Yeah. So, that's awesome. So, she has two Ghoul Squad shirts. Eric has zero. Mm-hmm. Um, your birthday's coming up. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to buy you one, but if okay. anyone else wants to buy you one, yes, uh, please uh, send one to Eric Hoff Extra at the large. post office. <laughs> yeah, just mark it post office. I'm sure it'll get to me. Exactly. 
So thank you, Melissa Mazaris, for buying another shirt. Uh, that's awesome. We really appreciate that. And uh, uh, what, what are we doing for this episode? Oh, great question. Do we want to reveal that now? Or do we want to just say again, we have a surprise topic for the we, end of the podcast. We got the bullshit uh, top five for you guys. <clears throat> we do. Um, but you're right. So, okay. However, although I just called it bullshit, I feel like there's some caliber to this one. I think so. I feel like this is where, you know, we were trying to be zany, I think, with I think the genital mutilation. I think we put mutilation. about 15 minutes of thought into this one. I th- I feel like with this list, it's like, this is good. Yes. This is cool. I feel like fans of horror think of these yes. things. Yes, right? I do. So look out for that at the end of this episode. We're going to have a really fun topic again, just like our uh, top five male genital mutilations that we did yes on eric's uh, tales from his hiatus so yeah so the the re- this episode is actually mostly just going to be what we've been watching right so it's going to be a huge what we've been watching episode and i think we you may get more of these along the way so instead of having big topics every month i'm kind of thinking we might do like bs topics like basically fun horror topics that everybody can kind of have fun with and then we do our what we've been watching and eric and i you know, banter, if you will. And then um, some months you'll get the big, you know, topic episode. Like our next episode. Believe it or not, we're still working on Dimension Extreme, which should have been a bullshit episode. Yes. Has turned into a... Uh, a, a six-month-long process. <laughs> endeavor. Right. No, it, it's kind of embarrassing because Eric came up with this idea, I would probably say like maybe six to seven months ago, I feel like it was my first idea of the show. <laughs> I kind of think so too. And then we began preparing like in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've and, taken out a good chunk of no, you really have Dimension Extreme films, but I'm slacking a little bit on rewatching them. So that, I've I've watched Dimension Extreme films that I haven't seen. Yeah, you know these films are like ten years old now. Like Steel Trap, I did watch Steel Trap. Yes, and you did. And you'll hear more about that on that episode. Okay. <laughs> so and Wizard of Gore, yeah. I watched Wizard of War, <laughs> so, the remake. So our next episode still is going to be at some point Dimension Extreme Top 5. We are working on that. But Eric actually came up with the idea. He's like, dude, let's just do another uh, what we've been watching episode where we just uh, go nuts and talk about what we've seen. So mm-hmm. that's what this episode is. But at the end of this podcast, we'll have a really fun, uh, zany, if you will. Is that is that Would you say that that describes it? Uh, I don't know about zany because I feel like it's a legit topic. Well, but zany sounds fun. Okay, sure. So let's oversell it. We've got this fabulous top five at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned. Um, so before what we've been watching, uh, I th- I've come up with a new segment for the podcast. Uh, let's hear it. Because I think you do have an update on this. Uh, we haven't spoken about this. It's a new topic for Eric that I came up with and I was going to surprise you with. Uh, I don't know what called, you're going to say. <laughs> it's called Tales from E-Dog's uh, Dog Stories. Okay. Uh, that's a horrible uh, topic name. But yeah, so on the last episode you were on, you told us about this crazy story about how you fed this dog a treat. Yes. The cutest dog in the world. Yes. But you're not on his route anymore, so you're not going to see the dog. Yes. Uh, as we've talked about, Eric is a post office worker. This is Has not true. gone postal yet, but um, Correct. we'll see. So tell us, have you had any other run-ins with this dog? And what has happened in the in the weeks since that episode? No, unfortunately. I have, so I've been off that route, like I said. But I have graduated to buying my own snacks and, you know, taking um, my own Are you feeding them chocolates? No, just, you know, as you can see, the box up on my refrigerator, milk bones. 
Uh, you, you actually you know, have a box of milk bones. Yes. Eric does not have a dog in his house. I do not, but he you has know, a box of milk bones. And you know, so I, I take a Ziploc bag, and you know, so I, and I don't know when dogs are going to pop up, but they might. Sometimes they're friendly, sometimes they're not. But you tweeted recently that you did a that you deviated I from deviated your route. I deviated from the, my route twice. Yes. Uh, God damn, there was this dog. Uh, I knew he was on a certain street. Okay, and. You don't actually have to drive down the street because they have what's called a cluster box where it's like a yeah. big mailbox, you know, for a bunch of addresses. Yep. So there's no need for me to go down this street. So I put the mail in these cluster boxes, but I know this dog is down there. So and it's just the cutest fucking dog in the world. I don't know what type of dog it was. Um, And it has like a doggy door, you know. So when I pull up, I don't see it in the yard. But then it like peeks its head out. I guess you know it recognizes the sound. He heard E dog a knocking. Yeah, and so once I see him peek his head out, I stop the vehicle. I get out. It's all cute as hell. It jumps on the fence. You know, I'm trying to pet it and I give it a treat, and it was like real cute because it was like still trying to like lick me as yeah. he was trying to. Uh, I think a lot of things try, try to him. lick you actually. But go ahead. Uh, not really. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Yeah. But please go ahead. Um. And so, yeah, I, I had no need to go down that street. But you boy, did. was I happy I did because I now, got to pet that cute-ass dog. Have you seen a, the dog since that you let out of the yard and had to get back in the yard? No, unfortunately, I haven't. Um, well, that's, he, that's he, actually the same route. Oh, wow. Uh, but no, I have not seen that dog that um, could have bitten me but was chill about it. And how's the post office going? So E-Dog's finally making regular, hey. which, which is kind of wild. Um, one dude retired and one of the carriers. Was it nice Mike? It was not nice Mike. Damn it. Um, so there was only one lady above me. Mm -hmm. So she got the guys who retired and now another carrier switching from carrier to supervisor. So E-Dog within the next couple of months. Getting a little promotion. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to have my own route. I'm bummed because it's only like a dollar difference in pay. I was just going to hey, ask you. still... I was going to ask, cool. do you get paid more or what's the situation yeah. on that? Do you uh, get benefits though? Well, you know, like I already have insurance, but you know, like I'll start like generating sick leave. This has gotten real boring. Let's get yeah, off. Okay, let's get, let's off get this. the fuck off this. Yeah. But so yeah, a uh, little plus yeah, in awesome. my uh, employment. Well, that's exciting. Yes. Nothing exciting in my life. Uh, I've been playing Fortnite still, which is kind of not cool to say anymore because like everybody plays Fortnite. Right. But uh, yeah, still playing a lot of Fortnite. That's honestly all I've been doing, pretty much. Uh, I started the new God of War. Tell us about it. Because it just dropped on Friday. It's fucking great. I I'm wanna, obsessed. I, play. I wish I'm I had addicted. A, I wish I had a PS4. And I say this only because of The Last of Us and Uncharted 4. But man, has Sony really nailed the yeah. AI character with you at all times. Uh, Which is funny because they're all different studios. Well, Naughty Dog did Uncharted. And That's Last true, of Us. but Naughty Dog didn't do God, God of War. War. But dude, it's fucking. I'm upset. I'm not playing right now. Well, uh, yeah, I wish I had a PS4. I really want to play uh, God of War. I'm gonna have to get a PS4 when uh, Last of Us Two, Two drops. comes out. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a problem for me. Okay. All that being said, we hope you enjoyed our escapades through bullshit. Yes. Uh, it is now time for. Uh, really this whole episode's topic but we are going to have a really fun topic at the end but it's time for what we've been watching and eric uh, reminded me of one of my favorite little tunes about movies in my whole life and it's do you want to do it together let's all go, go to, to the, the lobby. lobby let's all go to the okay so uh anyways uh let's all go to the lobby to get, get ourselves, ourselves a treat, treat. 
but we're actually going to play it as well. Okay, great. <laughs> but I figured for the first time we would we would joke around and say, there you go. That's- sure. Uh, there's a horror punk band I like a whole lot uh, called uh, The Stellar Corpses. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not my Terror Tunes. I do have something else planned sure. for that. Um, they just dropped a new album on Friday the 13th of this month. And one a little, of their little on the nose, but go ahead. And well, you know what? They weren't their only. They weren't the only horror punk band. Oh, to I'm do sure that. they all did. The Jasons. Yes. The other. Uh, no. And so, anyways, they sample that, and nice. so that's why it was in my head. And I tweeted yeah. it, and then that was like one of the most liked tweets I had ever gotten in my life. Well, so I've never heard this band you're talking about, but yeah, I right. love love that transition. Uh, let's all go to the lobby. I just um, assume you heard it from when you worked at the drive-in. It, or no, it, they may have played at the drive-in because we have the drive-in, drive-in would play. We, no, it used right, to be cool. Right. They used to play old cartoons yeah. and these fun old uh, commercials. No, you're right. Uh, I don't think that's where I heard it. I feel like it's in a movie that we're forgetting. Okay, but I knew it very well. So, anyways, now it's time for what we've been watching, and here's that little jingle. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so our first uh, what we've been watching. How was that jingle, by the way? I mean, I like it. I do too. Uh, so it's time for what we've been watching, like I said, and uh, we've got quite a bit of stuff we've both seen together. Yes. Well, not together in the same room. We watched the same movies. That's true. We actually did recently go to the same movie together, but we didn't sit together. And I asked you to sit with us. That's true. Uh, I went to go see Ready Player One. By yourself. By myself on the day it came out. And the reason why was I I didn't want anybody to be in the same can we talk ready player one we sure can i mean let's it's not it. horror let's not do but ready I mean, player one first but i mean because of that sequence or sure. is that too much of a spoiler that might i'm sorry it might be too much okay let's not talk ready i don't want to spoil that let's just say as horror fans there's a great moment there's one massive sequence that's the best goddamn thing i've seen this year i turned to dana and i was like this is fucking great yeah. i was falling out of my seat like and tears were like coming out of my eyes and I was just freaking out. Like, I couldn't right. believe that they would use that and it was, in this way. Right, yeah. But if you've seen the film, you know what we're talking about. If not, Can we just us. say it was, it was related to The Shining? That's it. Sure, it was related to The Shining. Correct. So, uh, that's Ready Player One, mm-hmm. out in theaters today in limited release. No, I'm just kidding. So Available on VOD, <laughs> yeah, uh, March 29th, February 7th. Uh, so, okay, the first thing we do want to talk is Truth or Dare. Right, this came out Friday the 13th. Yes, it did. Yes. Blumhouse is truth or dare. Yeah, not just truth or dare, ladies and gentlemen. Blumhouse, Blumhouse is truth or dare. dare. Right. Fuck them for like throwing that shit around. I know. Now. What's funny is like uh, this was their follow-up film to this fucking yeah. Oscar critically acclaimed film. Get out. Truth or dare. Right. So uh, let's do you. Eric, what did you think of truth or dare? So I'm on board with that idea sure. of like people having to do fucked up shit or they will die. Uh, off the top of my head, like cheap thrills. Yes. Uh, which I thought was fantastic. And so I kind of like that idea of, you know, if they don't perform this dare or if they don't say this awful truth, you know, they'll die. Yeah. My problem with it was the fucking trailer, man. 
Yeah, it was the whole movie. That That's whole true. fucking movie, yeah. Uh, like, I knew he was going to fall off the fucking pool table. Me I know too. that fucking dude was going to stab himself in the face. Um, and then when it got to the rules of the game, when it got to yeah. why the game was happening, when it got to how to stop the game, I was just like, enough. Easy was done. I agree 100% on everything you just said. I just feel like this is a cool idea. And even like, even the stupid, okay, so like Truth or Dare is this Blumhouse movie where I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows, but where you, you have to, once you get in this game of Truth or Dare, right? Uh, you get asked Truth or Dare at what some point in the day. And then depending on what you answer, you get a Truth or a Dare. This is a stupid, this is a horrible explanation. But point being, if you don't give the truth or you don't do the dare, uh, like the demon possesses you and basically kills you, kills yourself. This is a possessed game of truth or dare. That's exactly right. So in a way, it's like a fun idea. Yeah. And part of it reminded me a lot of like Final Destination in okay. a way, like the way it would like, it would kind of set up like these big sort of tentpole kills and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, like that there, at one point there's this girl that has to, she has to drink a whole bottle of vodka and then walk on top of this. She wa- the edge of a roof. Yeah. And it's funny because like the movie like broaches some of these ideas of like this girl had, she's clearly kind of an alcoholic at this point. Her character seems like an alcoholic. She's always drinking and it broaches the idea of like the demon's going to make you do your worst, the worst of yourself. So in a way it's like you have to chug this bottle of vodka that you, it's like saw kind of sure. But again, like I'm trying to say it only broaches that idea. It only comes to it a tiny bit and then it's just a dumbass movie. So I really wish it would have played more into like the like almost Their inner demons. Exactly. Almost the saw aspect to it where they could have like really went all in on like you do this, but I don't and, know. And like they could have been rehabilitated afterwards. Exactly. But instead it was just kind of dumb teenagers. Right. And uh, so my notes, uh, I feel like I'm going to start doing this. I might start reading my notes on, on all the movies I talk about. Okay. My notes for truth or dare, you know, you dog ain't taking no notes are not a great film. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> But nowhere near as boring as a film like Winchester. Yes. All caps, boring, boring, boring. This was fun. So Truth or Dare is not good. Right. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not good. I didn't fall asleep. How right. about that? No, I, I That's mean, a big thing for you. I, I wish you saw Winchester because it is- <laughs> Well, I went. But you fell asleep, right? Right. It's the most boring goddamn horror movie I've seen in the last like 20 years. And that's dumb because like it had- Anyways, fuck Winchester. So I don't know, truth or dare. Like at the end of the day, it's it's sad when a movie that has another dumb premise that could be teeny bopper and stupid, Happy Death Day, that could have been just like this. That could have right. sucked. But instead, Happy Death Day has like a heart and is good. Right. And this just isn't. And it's like it tries to have a heart with like towards the end of this movie, I'm not gonna spoil it, but like one of the girls has like a secret that could be revealed. Oh God. And it's, fuck that part. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they, they had to figure out a way to like make the movie worth something. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. Her dad did this, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's like, eh, whatever. And you're right. By that time I was like, I was fucking done anyway. Out. It was just over. Right. Um, but it wasn't the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Like wish upon is a worse movie than this. I should say that wish upon is a much worse movie than this. This is better than wish upon, which wish upon shit. You know, I'm not E-Dog unless I make wacky comparisons. Okay. I liked Wish Upon more. 
Really? Then, then fucking truth or dare. But only, I was cackling during truth or during uh, wish upon only because the dad played the sax, Ryan Phillippe, and the girls' uh, friends thought he was hot because he was playing the sax and like right? thrusting his pelvis, uh, which I, I can appreciate that. Whereas uh, I just already knew it had happened in fucking Blumhouse's Truth, truth or, or dare. dare. So yeah, Truth or Dare. Would so, you? Would so, you? Let me ask you this before we end it. Would you recommend people see it at all? No. Or are you saying no? Okay. I wouldn't. It's giving it's Truth of Dare's getting a thumbs down from E Dog. So what's funny is it gets a thumbs down from me too. Obviously, I don't think it's good. But if you want to go see a horror movie in theater that's not a quiet place, which we will talk about, uh I I mean, listen, if you have movie pass, which I do, I saw this for free. So there you go. Here's what's funny is I've said in uh, I think just last episode, I'm keeping track of all the films that I've seen released this yeah. year. I didn't even think to put Truth or Dare on that list. And I put fucking the fucking Inside remake on that list. You want to know what's funny about you saying that? Let's I had my notes already for this episode. And okay. I was like, okay, we're ready to go. And right when we, we went to Subway just to like 15 minutes ago. And when we I got in my car to drive to your house to record, I was like, oh, yeah, Truth or Dare. Right. So I typed it, it in. That's and I was just like, how fuck. forgettable it is. Yeah. So there you go. At Truth least we're still talking about the fucking saxophone saxophone playing dad which is the best part of that whole movie right but that's besides the point so anyways truth or dare sucks yeah let's okay, talk well, another big horror hit in theaters you go first you pick let's talk the strangers oh i thought we were gonna talk quiet place no let's talk strangers let's talk strangers what okay, do you think I'm ready. okay so strangers pray at night Correct. um let's talk what we thought of the original strangers uh it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time last time i watched that movie yes I checked my windows if my windows were locked. Like it and fucking were, scared were they? me. They were. Okay, good. So, um, yeah, Strangers, one of my favorite movies of all time. Brian Bertino. Brian Bertino. And uh, when people ask me, like, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? I kind of, like, don't like that question because a lot of different stuff scares different people. Sure. My go-to answer is just, I don't know, watch The Strangers because it's I find it scary as fuck. Can I answer that real quick? From, no, just, no, just not at all. You can't answer that. Uh, I won't explain, but high tension. High Tension. Scared the shit out of me when I watched it. Great film. Keep going. We may talk about High Tension. We may talk High Tension. At the end of this podcast. Release some tension later. I wish we would. But, uh, okay, so Uh, Strangers Pray at Night. You know, I love that original movie. It's scary as fuck. It's a home invasion film. Yes. It rocks me to my core. I love that movie. I don't rewatch it a lot because I find it sort of terrifying. I just got the uh, Scream Factory blue. So excited to revisit. So... Okay, so the sequel, we've waited for... Ten years. Exactly. We've waited forever for this. From the guy who did 47 meters down. And and it's been a long time in the making. It's been a lot of anticipation, a lot right. of starts and stops. Like, So here we are. Brian Bertino has a writing credit, but he actually didn't work on this film, right? No. And he was originally going to be involved in the sequel. I say this all the time, but like Liv Tyler was going to be in it in some capacity from the okay. original film. And okay, Scott Speedman? So here we are all these ways later. I don't think it's a spoiler to say almost nothing to do with the first film. Right. It's just these characters again. Exactly. The, can we call them just killers? Exactly. So after all that buildup, sorry it took me so long. What did I think of Strangers Pray at Night? Uh, I really liked it a lot. Me too. I, I was disappointed that it wasn't, okay, number one, it's not scary. And number two, it's more playful. Yes. 100%. Yes. And it's not a home invasion movie and it's not scary. So let me stop you there. Okay. Stop me there. Uh, because let's you, wind I, the clocks back. Well, I'm not going that year. far. I agree with you when you say that it's not a home invasion film. And when I first heard about it, that it was going to take place in a trailer park, I thought, wow, how are they going to pull that off? 
And then when I watched the film, it's a empty trailer, trailer park. park yeah. right? I thought it was going to be like a populated trailer park. And yeah. I thought, wow, that would be fucking mind blowing. So I, while I agree with you, it's not a home invasion film. What I liked about the trailer park setting was like, now they're in this big playground. Yeah. That they get to jump from house to house and they're in vehicles and they're running. It wasn't just one. There's isolated. a lake and an office. And the yeah. pool. Right. It wasn't just one isolated setting. They were just like running amok over this entire trailer I, park. And I thought that was great. So I agree 100%. And I just wanted to get out of the way that my original anticipation is always sort of important to me. Because like Last Jedi, for instance, people don't like that movie because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. This movie was not... Strangers 2 was not what I thought it was going to be. But as soon as I realized, oh, like I was literally sitting in the theater and I go, oh, this is a slasher chase movie. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then I was pumped. Then I was on board. And then so once I realized what it was, Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. I think it's awesome. It's currently at the top of my 2018 list. Yeah. So and the Blu-ray got announced and it has an unrated cut. Yeah. So that's I'm picking it up for sure uh, for that. I fell. Even though the movie's like 78 minutes long, I fell asleep. (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck? That's I know. right. You did fall asleep. I so uh, I'm eager to see what I missed. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because it really is like 75 minutes. Yeah. But, what uh, a great... Like, was it just the poster? I don't know if it's going to be on the Blu-ray art, but it's like with them like holding their weapons and yeah. it looks like they're praying, like their heads uh, uh, yeah. facing down. It's I dope. That was great. So yeah, I uh, my notes for Strangers Pray at Night. Lay them on me. They are moments of brilliance and slasher, not home invasion. But... Oh, I was going to say. Do you want to talk the pool sequence? So there's two sequences of brilliance. I'm with you. 100%. And so let's, let's say, okay, so the pool sequence. All right. Yes, there's there's a, a, a moment when Baghead is chasing uh, this kid. Uh, and they're like literally like fighting almost. Yeah, like in the pool. Right. Well, I was going to say well, like. Uh, let me say this real quick. Uh, partial spoilers for The Strangers too. I mean we're not going to say what happens, but yes, go Baghead ahead. has an ax and does the kid have something, but they're like swinging it at each other, like back and forth, like yeah. trying to dodge each other's but, attacks. But he's in a pool, so he can't run. Neither of them can before run. they get into the pool. No. Okay. Sorry. I know. But once they get in the pool, they can't like, yeah. it's so slow. That's so good. They, they, yeah, yeah. There's a moment where they're both underwater, like struggling yeah. and, uh, with each other. And when they come up, the camera comes up above the water and there's that song playing, but the sound design, like, pings the song up and then when it goes underwater it goes back down right and it is it is brilliant it's a brilliant scene and there's like those fun lights it's like fucking uh palm trees and shit and i feel like even the lights are going with uh, the music yeah it was a lot of fun yeah it was almost like all the music in this movie has it's just it's fucking like i said like it's sequences like in moments of brilliance but then the rest of the film i don't think is like the best thing ever right i liked the rest of the film but the other one is, it's kind of more spoilery, so we really can't talk it, but it deals with a burning car, a burning right. truck. Uh, let me stop you there. Okay. Uh, I liked how I felt like Baghead's truck was also a weapon of his. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and yeah, so I, I, okay, so I can't really talk about it, but a burning truck happens. Think um, Christine. Okay. Yes, exactly. And it was it was upon that point where I go, oh, this is another moment where I go, this whole movie, he's like aping Carpenter somehow. How did right. I like? So, while it wasn't what I wanted, it was cool. What I, we got the whole film. I was kind of like, I know I keep using this phrase, but holy shit! Like, this is really fucking cool. So yeah, so he agreed. He made sort of a Carpenter esque sequel to The Strangers. So I'm with that. Uh, I really, I really like it. 
Yes, agreed. So is that it for the strangers? Pray That's at it night for the strangers. Pray at night. Yeah, I really liked it. I can't wait to rewatch it because it's so Next short. Month? Too like I'm serious. I'm stoked that it's so short because I'll just rewatch it in like a day. It'll be easy. Next month. Uh, yes, next month. I think it's I think it's May. Okay, great. But that unrated cut, hell yeah. Let's talk uh, another big horror in right. theaters. I'm almost dreading talking about this because of how much I like it. Okay, and how good it is that I feel like I'm not going to do it justice. So please. Go ahead. What is the next movie? A uh, Quiet Place. Yes, A Quiet Place. How many place. times have you seen it? Let me ask you that. Twice. Okay. Uh, me as well. Okay. And uh, I like it a lot. I think it's Uh-oh. great. I don't like where this is at. I dig it. I dig it. I really do. But it just doesn't grab me. Really? But I do think it's very good. Yes. Uh, I had a few nitpicky qualms with it. Uh, number one. <laughs> Who the fuck gonna be pro life in that world? I don't, family people? I don't. Number fucking two, know. when they start praying before dinner, who the fuck are they praying to, man? There's fucking nine foot tall aliens with super hearing that trying to kill them. <laughs> like I wanted to boo when they started praying. Okay. Other than that, the film's great. What if what if they weren't praying to God, but what if they were just praying like in to to the like as a family for They're themselves? They're all white. Middle-aged family. Who the hell else are they fuck they praying to? It's not a bad point. But yeah, two things that I couldn't really give a fuck about because that's not like what the movie is. Sure. But you're not wrong. Like that is obviously dumb. There's other logic things in the film where it's kind of like if you think for a couple more minutes about some of the stuff that happens, it's kind of like, oh, I don't really think any of this would work this way if this was real. Right. But Apart from that, and because I kind of, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying, I kind of hate like logic stuff with movies. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you. If the movie fucking just, works, just enjoy it. In fucking its context. works. Yeah. Now, Correct. this is different when if the logic supersedes the film and makes it terrible because the movie's not good because it's not selling whatever idea that logic you didn't like, then that's different. That the film. But what I'm getting at here is a quiet place for me sold this film so well that I didn't care about any of like logic or any of that stuff. I just loved it. I'm, I'm happy that I got to see a new monster movie. Yes. With kids in Pearl. Yes. And that was what I was going to talk about. So I'm not going to say what happens at all, but the first, the opening scene of this film, it it starts off at a hundred miles an hour. Yes, it does. Well, it actually starts out at about zero miles an hour. It quickly accelerates. And it's zero to a hundred real quick. Right. Uh, And it's, Awesome. Like John Krasinski, huh? Yeah. This is how I'm sorry, the, the the opening of this film, this is how to open a fucking movie, boys. Like, just all out. Fuck it. Uh so there you go. A quiet place opening, absolutely in love with. And yes, John Krasinski. Yes. I liked it. I dug it. Yeah, I, I just love um I also am really like I feel like we're really lucky that John Krasinski wanted to make this movie, and we're really lucky that he's married to Emily Blunt. Because who plays his wife in the he film could have as been well. married to anyone else and then he could have said oh my wife will be in it and then it would have like but she's so fucking good in the movie right and i love emily blunt so we got i feel like as horror fans we're really lucky that like she's in this a movie. great actress because to play the part i'll tell you this right now emily blunt is not doing this movie if it wasn't john krasinski so right there you go that's cool that it was uh platinum dunes yeah and apparently there's Plat- some life from them. Yeah. Platinum dunes. Apparently they did like this, this interview for a quiet place. And I guess they said, we're done with remakes and reboots. We did all that. Now we want to make original horror. And I was like, Ooh, oh, okay. I'm on board. So that's cool. Maybe we can get on board with 
Platinum Dunes. Platinum Dunes. Now, yeah. I kind of feel like this movie was specifically... Now, I hope we're eventually going to do a Platinum Dunes episode. I'm joking. That would be fun. Okay, let's I, do it. I like some of the Platinum Dunes movies. I like a they're lot of not, them. Well, okay. Let's be clear. They're not they're not all like perfect movies, but yeah, I mean, it'd be a fun-ass episode. They're, those movies are easy as hell to okay, watch. Okay, we're announcing that now. We'll have it done November. 16 months from now. Yeah. So, uh, A Quiet Place. Anything else to say? Uh, I love that they used you know a deaf actress for this film and then a lot of it's like sort of an allegory for her hearing and her relationship with her dad so like i just wanted to get out i love all of this movie um the second time seeing it because i had already seen the film because i knew what it was i did notice how small it is Mm -hmm. the first time i saw it it felt huge like it felt massive like so much had happened the second time i saw it i realized oh this takes place over like i would say the last 30 to 40 minutes of the film takes place over the course of like two hours. Right. Which I didn't notice. Having said that, I don't care. I kind of love that. It's almost like I've never seen a movie take time in this way. Like it sets up the, I don't know, the last 45 minutes or that it's one sequence. I don't know if you realize this, like the firework goes off and the whole, it's just sure. a one sequence separated the, the yeah. kids and the father. And then it, and it's over. Um, you know, I fell asleep. The first time I watched it. <laughs> this and is 90 minutes, Eric. Yes, I know. I know. And I fell asleep during a scene that really sets up an emotional scene at the end. Um, and so I got to kind of finally, or I experienced the emotional weight. Sure. Uh, the second time. And so I definitely liked it uh, a second time more uh, whenever uh, it was tugging at my heartstrings. <laughs> I guess, you know, I guess just kind of in response to what you were saying, um, I know you said you really like it. But mm-hmm. I, I guess the re- what excites me so much about this movie is like this movie is basically one of the best movies ever if you put it with like other horror monster or horror or monster movies. Like that's a big statement, sir. Okay, what I'm trying to say is this could have just been a piece of shit movie that got shit out. Sure, and we went to the theater and 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 it was really good. It could have been truth or dare. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like compare this to other shit we see, and we're just like, eh. Like another movie we're actually going to talk about, Pacific Rim Uprising, which I forgot came out this year. This movie I have not forgotten about, and I've thought about it since I saw it. So there you go. Now I'm offended, and that might bring us to the next film we're going to talk Let's about. Let's talk Pacific Rim, fucking. Yes. Uprising. I'm, we're, I'm about to get scoffed at by our six regular listeners. It's my favorite movie of the year. No, you, you shut just, the fuck you up. You just said you forgot about I it. I forgot it even came it's out. It's my favorite movie of let me, the year. Let me, let, me read my, let me read my notes. Pacific Rim Uprising Wait, semicolon forgot about this film. Ugh, disappointing, G. There I'm upset go. I didn't watch it a third time. One, just because I'd like to have seen it again. Two, simply because the only other film I've seen three, t- seen three times in a theater uh, is Cloverfield. So I think it would have been fun if the two movies I had seen three times in a theater were giant monster movies. All right, folks out there, let's put our hands up. Cloverfield? Pacific Rim Uprising. I mean, Cloverfield? Yes. Yes. Pacific Rim Uprising. No, please. Legitimately it's, it's, talk it's about like it. It's like childish. Go ahead. And it invoked my inner child. It like It literally made me like smile in like awe. So, for example, one of your complaints of the film was that it's a Transformer sequel. And what you meant is it wasn't, you know, a robot and a monster fighting. It was yes. two robots yeah. fighting. And you know what? That's a fair 
criticism. Sure. But I guess I I care about the Pacific Rim universe so much that the idea of a bad Jaeger fighting a good Jaeger was like the most thrilling shit for me in the world. And then there was that mystery of who's piloting Obsidian Fury. And although I was disappointed when it's revealed uh, what or who is sure. piloting, uh, I was bummed. But like just for like uh, an example, uh, whenever those two Jaegers fight, uh, Obsidian Fury uppercuts Gypsy Avenger and like Gypsy Avenger goes like ragdoll and just like gets like knocked up a building and you see like all the windows shatter and it was just like, oh my God, this is fucking fun. Yeah, I fucking, I loved it, dawg. I love, and now I'm torn. I don't know if I should get the 4K pack becomes with the 3D blue. Uh, but then yesterday you texted me that Target's doing a still book. I don't know what to do. I love Pacific Rim Uprising. I love it. So I really appreciate that you love it so much and that you're willing to just say it. Because the thing is, like, I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. I just, I saw it and I instantly forgot about it. I was very excited for this. And I don't know what happened. Like, as the film just kept going, I was kind of like, okay, where are the fucking monsters at some point? Sure. And let me tell you why. So we've seen uh, films like Godzilla or films like, uh, what's a, not Cloverfield Paradox. That's not a good example. But other films where you don't see the monster a lot. Okay. And so, and I like those films. I like Godzilla, right? Sure. But Godzilla is the intro. You're suggesting films that take its time with revealing its monster? but. For a lot of other reasons, I don't feel like it's similar, but those are intros. Like, that was an intro to Godzilla. I feel like Godzilla King of the Monsters, this next film, uh, has to have Godzilla a lot, has to have a lot of monster action and stuff. So we'll see my criticism on that. But in this, I just kept like, where are the fucking monsters? And then then the three monsters that do show up turn into one monster. And there was 15 minutes left in the movie, and and I was like, oh, there's the monsters. And then, uh, and it, it just, I didn't feel like, I feel like, and then there was that idea that there was like uh, kaiju Jaegers. Okay, that's like yeah. that was exciting. Uh, there's a part where you know there, you learn that there hasn't been an attack in what ten years, yeah, or something like that. And you learn that there's these bad robots. And there's a part where they're opening the rift. They're opening the portal. That the, was cool. And you see one of the kaiju rising out of it, yeah. but then they're 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 able to stop the robots from opening the portal. So uh, the monster that's coming through gets cut in half. Yeah, that was fucking tight. That was cool. And what John was... Bo- John Boyega's great. Even he was fucking he was cool. sleepy ass. Fucking Scott no, Eastwood he was, was great. He was I like Scott awful. Eastwood. I like Scott this Eastwood. This is the only time I'll ever say I wish Charlie Hunnam. Was in this movie. Oh, I was so excited. Fucking! I, I knew he wasn't going to be in the film, but I kept hoping like they were going to like shoehorn him in some way. Like I've been fucking pumped. Like I had this exciting ass theory that he was like somehow like a bad guy now, and he was going to be piloting uh, Obsidian. That would have been fucking. That didn't tight. happen. But I feel like okay, that's fuck funny. you. You don't like Charlie Hunnam? I don't like Charlie Hunnam. But I would Charlie fuck Hunnam you. is a much better actor than fucking Scott Eastwood, <laughs> vanilla ass Scott oh, Eastwood. I can't wait to watch it again. So uh, my recommendation to you is to just get both, get the 4K and the Blu-ray. You said you like it as much as Cloverfield. You might want to get both. Uh, well, I don't want to spend that much money on the same film. Eh. So 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 my my quandary is: Do I want a 3D blue or do I want cool packaging? <laughs> so thumbs up or thumbs down for Pacific Rim Uprising? A half thumbs down. I mean, I didn't hate it. Okay. It's just, it. You know what it was for me. It's funny that you brought up. I hope it. I hope people care about this conversation. If you don't, sorry. 
<laughs> Pacific up, Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> Sorry, I like it so much, guys. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like it, but it's funny you brought up a great, like weighty, weighty reason to have Jaeger's fight, and that could have been like if Charlie Hunnam's character was back and he was bad mm-hmm. and he was fighting, like it would have given weight to it. But just it just felt like big dumb robots hitting each other. And then my biggest criticism, yeah, my biggest. It was fucking Saturday morning at the theater. Uh, I mean, how much did you like that last Transformers movie? I didn't fucking watch the last. There you Transformers go. Okay, movie. case in point. But now. as I just said, I care about the Pacific Rim universe. No, I, I don't give a that. fuck about I, Transformers. I think that's your best defense when you said that. You were excited because there were bad Jaegers, and that's exciting because you like the universe. Mm-hmm. That's similar to like how I would feel about Alien, and if like a lot of people think Alien Covenant sucks, but because I love Alien. the Alien universe, right. I get excited by all the stupid shit in that movie. So yeah, I get it. Uh, my biggest criticism, and we can move on, is the end, the final sequence with the monsters. I feel like it must have they must have not had enough money for the monster effects, which they should have just saved money on the robot fight and used it for the monsters, but. Because uh, when the monster fight finally happens, it rarely showed the monsters. Like, right. it would be only looking at the Jaegers. I don't know if you remember that. And then it would turn to see the monster for, like, a second, and then back to the Jaegers, like, fighting. And I'm like, where's the fucking monster? It's right there. One thing I liked was how they give an explanation of, like, why they're coming out from beneath yeah. uh, the Pacific Ocean and, like, why they're headed to uh, the cities that they go to. It was kind of bullshit, but I was on board for that. This is a sad thing to say. Okay. And I feel bad it. about this. You're going to be pissed that I'm saying it's sad. Okay. I hope they make another one. Fuck yeah. Me too. But I didn't like it. So in theory, I shouldn't want them to make another one. I can't see it. I feel like, I feel like this was like... A Quiet Place has almost made as much as this movie already. I, I, and a quiet I, place cost seventeen million dollars. I I feel like Pacific Pacific Rim Uprising. It was like it's crazy that they did a sequel. Yeah, I agree. That's crazy that they did. That. And I wanted. I do want to say I'm happy they made it, sure. but it just I was just frustrated by it, and I was ready to say, you know what, fuck it. This is big and dumb, and I had a great time, mm-hmm. and I just didn't like it, and I I felt like shit when I left. Like I was like, wow, that's not what I wanted at all. I, I just was worthless, and I love John Boyega, but oh, yeah. I don't know. I felt disappointed, but I'm glad. I, I'm legitimately two, glad you liked it. Two of the biggest thumbs up for me, Doc. God, that's insane. And uh, you, half thumb down? Is that what you said? Yeah, half thumb down because I don't like it. So but just kind of middle, median. Yeah. It's average, funny. It's man. funny. Are you ready for another thing? Okay. I wish I would have saw it again. <laughs> I didn't like it. So well, fun. No, we did try to go one time, but our our schedules weren't yeah. lining up. I wanted to go to a late show. You wanted to go to an early <laughs> show. That is true. Okay, so Pacific Rim Uprising. There yeah. you go. Eric loves it. Fuck yeah. I think that's it for our doubles. So, please, tell me a film that you have recently watched. Yes, sir. A film I just watched yesterday, I believe, okay. was I rewatched Deathgasm. Nice. So I rewatched Deathgasm because my buddy Jamie, Jameson, hello, shout out Jamie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. We Yesterday, we were just kind of like, hey, we were about to hang out. And he's, I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, maybe we could watch a movie. And I was like, wait a minute. You love metal music. You love music in general. You, you like, love Satan. You like horror movies. That's right. He does love Satan. Uh, have you seen Deathgasm? And he said no. And I was like, oh, shit. Fuck yeah. We're watching Deathgasm. So, thankfully, he accepted this request. Death the false metal. Death the false metal. And we rewatched. I rewatched Deathgasm. Did Jamie like it? He did. He loved it. It's such a fucking awesome movie. If if you guys out there, a lot of people, I mean, there's no way you haven't seen Deathgasm, but if you haven't, I think it's on Netflix right now. 
we watched my uh, Blu-ray that I have, so that's how I watched it. But the, I got the Blu-ray on Amazon for like ten bucks a couple years ago when it came out. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Deathgasm, great, you know, movie silly. about it's silly as fuck. It's a New Zealand, uh, basically splatter, splatter death metal horror movie about how uh, all the demons and Satan bullshit that they talk about in in metal music. Sure. What if they were all real? Right. And they descended upon a small New Zealand town. And that's what it is. And it's a fucking blast. And like you said, it's splatter. So like when somebody gets their arm cut off, there's just red, pitch red blood squirting Mm -hmm. as hard as it can out of somebody's fucking arm. Uh, And it's amazing. So there's so many fun sequences of gore. And it's also just kind of a blast, like hanging out with these kids in New Zealand. They're a lot of fun. It's endearing because he's like, the kid's a loser, but he finds his friends and then he gets that girl which in a way is kind of it's kind of like like a like a almost like a kid's dream in a way but uh as somebody that you know would like that to happen it's a great movie so i love deathgasm deathgasm is excellent have you yes, heard it about is. summer of 84 i have that sounds very exciting yeah we got to check that out uh give me another one on your list another one yeah i only have a couple so why don't you go okay uh, I actually wanted to bring up a topic here. Okay, let's bring up a topic here. Let's bring up a topic here. This is a, uh, okay, so a whirlwind. As as uh, we've said 100,000 million times already, we're doing a Dimension Extreme episode. Yes, we are. And so I am trying to watch and rewatch as many Dimension Extreme films that I can. And last night, immediately before bed, I watched about 30 minutes of Diary of the Dead. Oh, Jesus. Okay. okay. So I'm not going to say my thoughts on Diary of the Dead. One... I've already done that on a previous episode. And two, you're going to hear more about it for the Dimension Extreme episode. Yes. So I watch about 30 minutes of this film and I fall asleep and I had fucking nightmares. About Diary of the Dead? It was zombies. Okay. And it was enough to like scare me. So what I want to propose to you, get your thoughts on, is I think that's kind of the way we should watch these films. We should watch them Right before bed. Okay. We should watch them in the dark. We should watch them alone. We should watch them with the volume up to invoke the sense uh, or to invoke whatever the film is trying sure. to get at. What are, you, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I know some people, they'll watch horror films and they, like, they just have like their guard up the entire time and they think they're too cool for this. Whereas I want to feel what the film is intending for me to feel. Oh, you're you're speaking Keegan Keegy 101 here. Okay. I mean, as, apart from the right before bed part that you threw in there, mm-hmm. yeah, darkest you can possibly get the room. Shout out to Ben. He always wants the lights on when he watches movies. <laughs> hey Ben, how, how's it going, Ben? Uh, no, you I, know. it was it was cool because it's fucking Diary it, of the Dead. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it gave me fucking nightmares. No, but I need it to be as dark as possible. And you know me. I mean, I, I it was like I couldn't sleep. I turn movies way the fuck up because if it's scary, I want it to scare me. If it's, you know, big action, I want to hear it. And I want it to be on as big a screen as possible. Yeah, man, I'm I, all about presentation. I want to be, you know, looking behind my shoulder as I'm watching <laughs> this film. You know, Well, this all is, I'm getting at, E-Dog loves the genre. I'm not too cool for it. Let me tell you a really stupid story. I'm jaded, but I, I don't want to be. 
let's hear your story. Okay. So I have an extremely stupid story, but I feel like we've had fun doing this on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Last night I had a dream Ooh. and, uh, it's nothing exciting. Trust me. Ooh. But, uh, it kind of made me think about like how our brains work. And this is an OT off topic. This is oh. not about horror movies. Oh shit. Okay. So you smoke that bowl right before bed, right? Cause I, now you're just thinking about how your brain works. I don't smoke weed, but I do <laughs> think a lot. So I'm, I, I, I have this dream where I'm on this cruise ship, right? This is a reoccurring dream. No, this is last night. Okay. And it blew my mind because it's about movies. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) here we go. Uh, So I sit down at this bar on this cruise ship. Uh, I think Ben's with me and my brother. Hello. And uh, we sat next to this girl and uh, I started talking to her, which is (laughs) never happening. Obviously, this is a dream because... There you go. So I start talking to this girl, and I one of the things I tell her is, you look like that girl from Drive. And she looks at me and says, who's that? Christina Hendricks? Wow, that's a great pull out of your ass right there. <laughs> Christina Hendricks is in Drive as well as uh, Strangers, Strangers Pray at Night. Night. But no. Okay. So here we go. I'll tell you. So she says, who are you talking about? This is my dream, okay? Correct. And I said, oh, that girl from Drive. And I had a brain fart. I'm like, what is her name? What is her name? What is that girl's name? And I go, oh, I'm going to have to look it up on my phone. This is my dream. I'm still following. So I pull out my phone and type into Google Drive film, like I always do, to see the cast, right? Sure. I click the cast. It's not loading. Uh Uh-oh. But guess what? This is in my dream. So if I don't remember the girl's name from Drive, my brain can't pull it up on Google. Sure. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yes. I pulled out my phone in a dream to search Google, but there is no Google in my dream. It's my fucking brain. Right. So if I don't know it, it can't show me. I get it. I get it. So I get frustrated, blah, 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 blah. The the dream kind of fizzles out. I'm not sure what happened after that, but I'm like, what the fuck is that girl's name? Right. Finally, you I can't actually check Google and I wake up in your sleep. Uh, I don't, I don't remember later on. I wake up and I remember, oh my gosh, that dream. I had that dream about fucking a girl from drive. So did you really check? And I'm thinking I'm going to figure it out without looking it up. And I'm like, nope, can't remember it. Nope. Can't remember it. No wonder I couldn't find it on fucking Google in my brain. There is no Google. I can't remember her name. So I looked it up. You're going to be pissed when I tell you her name because we both know her. I had a total brain fart. Carrie Mulligan. Mm, yes. That was it. End of story. I, 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 there, I had this epiphany that I was pulling out my phone in a dream to search Google, which does not exist in my dream. Correct. I'm not connected to the internet. In your dream. In my dream, yeah. So there you go. That's my dream that I had last night that is completely irrelevant, but I thought it was fun and included trivia. There you yeah. go. I just dropped some LSD, dog. I'm all fucked up now. Yo, fucked up. I'm on drugs. Sorry, right, what next? Give you one that I'll give you one that I recently watched. Okay. Personal Shopper. This is with, oh, wow. uh, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Yes. Uh, this was a film I've been meaning to get to since last year because that's when I heard people talking about it. Um you know, I wanted to see uh, if I would have included it in my favorite films of uh, last year. Uh, while I would have not, I thought it was pretty darn good. Kristen Stewart plays a personal shopper living in Paris. She buys clothing and jewelry for a celebrity, but she is a medium, uh, as well as her twin brother, Louis, who has recently passed away. And you learn that they have made a pact that uh, whoever were to die first the one who has died would show the other one who's still alive some type of sign that there is indeed an afterlife. Fantastic idea for a movie. So for about an hour and 10 minutes of this film, I'm like, I was like, why the fuck am I watching this shit? 
It was just kind of like, <laughs> I was just kind of like, ah, what the fuck's going on? For and an hour and 15 minutes, I was thinking, why the fuck am I watching this yeah. shit? And eventually she starts getting harassed. Uh, in, I need that as a drop. Uh, she starts getting harassed in the form of text messages. And you don't know, is it Lewis? Could it be an evil entity? Or is it somebody real who's following her? Is there somebody really stalking her? Okay. Right. Uh, eventually, we do get uh, answers. And I thought the film kind of kind of had uh, a bit to say on that idea of, is there life after death? And it did get uh, a little creepy. So while uh, I dug it, um, I guess it wasn't my favorite thing ever, but it was cool to uh, check out. Nice. Personal shopper. I do want to see it, but I almost feel like I'm never going to watch that movie because I've heard it's really boring for like the first hour. Well, I'm glad that I'm not crazy then for saying That's what I heard. thought, what the hell am I watching, isn't that, am I watching isn't this Isn't that shit? a big director? Didn't somebody... I have no idea. I don't know who wrote, directed, starred in. Someone's Shh. yelling into their car right now. It's fucking... Okay, so personal shopper. Personal shopper. Let me give you another one. Already. Go ahead. This movie is fucking tight. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I am so pumped on this movie. Not a horror film, but directed by a one of my favorites. Okay. I am talking about Bill Lustig's 1982 Vigilante. Holy wow. fuck. This movie is fucking cool. It stars uh, Robert Forrester and Fred Williamson. Um, Robert Forrester has his house broken into. His family terrorized while he's at work. Um, they are able to apprehend some of the suspects who did this to his family. Uh, it kind of just goes to like a mistrial. And Robert Forrester loses his cool. And he gets held in contempt of court. And he goes to prison. Okay. So while he's there, he's just had a bunch of time to think. When he gets out, he learns that some of his coworkers. Uh, have their own little vigilante group, and he decides he's going to go after the motherfuckers who have terrorized his family. Nice. And it's just them just kicking ass on the dirtiest-looking fucking streets of 1980s uh, New York. There's a part where they beat this dude up in a bathroom, a public bathroom that I wouldn't even want to walk into. And it's just fucking badass that they just shot it out on these streets, da. And it's just like cool-ass violence, cool-ass action, this is how E-Dog likes his fucking film. So this is a revenge film. Yes. How much better was this than the Death Wish remake? The fuck the Death Wish remake. Yep, I'm it was you. so shitty. Here's what MGM should have done. They should have acquired the theatrical rights to Vigilante and just put that out just in the theater. Then fucking the boring ass Death Wish remake. Dude, Vigilante is fucking tight. Hell yeah. It's just like... Who put ex- it out? Uh, Blue Underground. Blue Underground, yeah. It's like exploitation as an art form. I feel like you buy every Blue Underground movie, except for Venom. Uh, not exactly true, but I do love Bill Lustig. God, dude, this movie is so cool. That's awesome. I want to see it now. I'll, you know, the other one that I remember recently I really want to see that you talked about is Amsterdam. You should let me borrow that. You never will, and that's okay. Amsterdam but. is sick. I want to let you borrow Just Before Dawn. Still have not seen Just Before see that, Dawn. Man. That's good. Can I do another, or do you got one? I'll go. Okay. All right, so I have the Suspiria Blu-ray. Yes, I've got this on my list as well. Cool, so we have another one. So yeah, Suspiria from uh, Synapse. Correct. Now, I kind of hate that we're talking about it now, because they- Been out for a minute. They put out, no, well, they put out 
Suspiria on Blu-ray like last year, but it was just that steelbook. Limited to 6,000 copies. And it was like 60 bucks before shipping. Right. And, you know, part of me, I, I feel bad when people talk shit about them for doing that. Because it's like, here we are, we want our movies and we want them cheap and shit, but we they have to be for, scanned in 4K, but we want them $10. Correct. You know, and that's kind of shitty. Like, no, they put all this fucking work into Suspiria. They should get their money back. Now, having said that, I didn't fucking buy that steelbook. I didn't buy it either. They fortunately <clears throat> released it as a non-collectible edition. Exactly. So we both got the two disc from right. Synapse. And boy, you know, this is a film in Suspiria that I didn't like the first time I saw it. Now, mind you, that was 10 years ago. Correct. When I saw, you know, I haven't seen Suspiria in a while. And so I thought, I'm going to revisit it on that new 2K scan from Synapse. And I'm fucking, I'm ready. I'm ready for Suspiria. I'm here. I'm with you. And I fucking loved it. Duh. It is fucking awesome. I'm in the exact same boat with you. I watched it in high school. I kind of thought, whatever. Now, you got to remember, we're like 16, 17, and we watched Suspiria. We didn't get it, essentially. I I now think it's in my top 10 favorite horror films. Yeah. I liked it that much. It's fucking amazing. Suspiria is amazing. And the the soundtrack alone is so, like, haunting and perfect. And then so loud. Yeah. And it's awesome. I bet it was on your your system. I turned it way the fuck up, too, but I I don't have surround sound. Shout out to Wes for his uh, sound bar. I use that. And his 4K TV. <laughs> and his 4K TV. That's right. So shout out to Wes. But, yeah, it's it's just fucking awesome. And I guess the first time I saw it when I was young, I just didn't know what was going on. But now when I rewatched it, I know. I'll just say I know about the witches, right? Sure. So I enjoyed it much more because I felt like I was heading towards something. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe just because I didn't know what Suspiria was when I was a kid. But it's just fucking gorgeous, man. Like, every goddamn scene in this movie. This is like Kubrick-level Italian horror. Like, actually, I kind of feel good about that statement I just made. Okay. This is Kubrick-level Italian horror. If Fulci is trash Italian, which is obviously the best, right? Hmm. Well, no. Kind of offended. No, Italian trash, I feel like, is a good thing. Good Italian trash. Sorry. Trashy Italian horror. How about good sleazy Italian? Okay, I like that. I like that more. This is uh, Suspiria specifically is like Kubrick level Italian fucking horror. Every We're calling it art. Every, yes, art. Every goddamn frame of this movie is a painting. It's a fucking painting. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's fucking Suspiria, and I'm a hundred percent on board for right. Suspiria. Um, I agree with everything you just said, but let me tell you why I like it as well. Okay, go ahead. Those fucking deaths are so dragged out. Oh, yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's Italian. Like each, that's why, each yeah. Each death goes on for like, I feel like five minutes. Have, have you seen? They just get stabbed, and then they get fucking, <laughs> maybe something tears out their throat, and then eventually, then they get hanged. Yeah. They, they, they go through like four or five body mutilations before their death finally comes. Well, without with, at the risk of sounding you know sick, that's what Argento and Italian horror is so good at is it's excessiveness art but it's art in death like they have these artistry in their insanity death scenes like the one that comes to mind every time when i think of italian horror is actually tenebrae i don't know have you seen tenebrae recently not recently but are you talking about when she gets her arm yes the end of tenebrae it's like again that's like a painting like yeah she's dying but blood doesn't look like that Blood doesn't squirt like that it's its own thing you know what i'm saying like that's not reality it's its own piece of art and like the way they shot it, the way they did the, the gore, like it's art and death in a way. I think we should do a Argento episode. 
down the line. I would have a lot to, to catch up on. I've seen quite a bit of Argento, but I haven't seen like the bird with the crystal plumage or like. I saw Arrow just put out Cat of Nine Tails, right? Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, we should do that at some point. But um, So whenever I watched it, I watched the new Blue. Um, but I took a jab at you on our Instagram. I don't know if you noticed or not. I took a, I posted uh, my Anchor Bay DVD oh, copy. Oh, you, duh. And I put, you know, the only release that matters. And I did that because usually when you post something, you're like, now watching Scream Factory's gorgeous uh, blue of the burbs that just gave me a HJ. So I was just Speaking taking which, that's, so what, I, that's my next what we So I was just kind of taking a stab at you. I did watch the new blue, but I posted the yeah. Anchor Bay DVD cover art. What is funny, because like you do replace your movies and buy the new copies of them, but then you like sort of poo-poo and shit talk like when I do it. But like you do it too. You but just don't like I to don't, make it sound like you do. But I don't dismiss that copy. Like that copy's gonna stay on the shelf. Oh fuck that copy. No, fuck you. It's 480p, Doctor. That shit out the trash. <laughs> if it has the Anchor Bay logo, look, dude, here's my Anchor Bay tattoo. You don't have any tattoos, asshole. If I if I do get one, that's a great idea. <laughs> okay, so uh Suspiria. Why do you got a ship on your arm? Because I liked the label in the early 2000s, Anchor Bay, when do, they released such you know films who, as the Evil Dead franchise. Do you franchise. know who was the curator for Anchor Bay? I do. Then tell me. Bill Lustig. You're right. Yes, I know it. Asshole, I know it. So, the Suspiria Blu-ray from Synapse, the gorgeous 2K transfer. <laughs> uh, anything else on that, Eric? Uh... I'm glad that we have both finally come around. Yeah. And if you're such an if, awesome film. If you're out there and you're like, why didn't they like Suspiria initially? I just want to be clear, you know, I'm like sixteen, I didn't get it. I fucking get it now, right? So I'm not we're not shitting on Suspiria. We just didn't get it when we I were younger. I feel like when I watched it, uh my only knowledge of Italian Atari horror, yeah, was yeah. Fulci. Yeah. And I guess I just wanted that style of cinema. Well, I wanted that type of direction. Well, and you know, you know me, um, I've said on this podcast a lot that I wasn't really into Italian horror. I only got into it about six, seven years ago, and it was through you, basically. That was when you had your first kid, right? That was when I had my first kid. Okay. So, anyway, Suspiria, uh, it's fucking amazing. It's just gorgeous, and every goddamn thing in it is a, a painting. Like, I remember that that chick falls in that that pit of freaking barbed wire. Dude, I forgot about that. Yeah, me too. And when that <laughs> happened, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, and it's almost like it could be gratuitous violence. Like, it could be. But it's lighted so prettily. I don't know how to explain it. Exactly. It's art. It's it's weird. It could be a scene in a soft film, but it's not. It's so gorgeous. It's so good. So, Suspiria. It's funny you bring that up. Okay. Simply because my mind immediately went to Saw 2 and the syringe. And the way it's lit, that yellow, just kind of looks like piss. Well, that's on purpose, right? right. They were it's trying to, to look go nasty. For that. Right. But it's just funny. And I'm not shitting on Saw. I love I'm the not Saw, shitting on Saw either. But this this film is just, it's poetry in motion, but it's murder in motion. So there you go. Uh, that's good. Okay. like it a lot. Suspiria, what else? I got one more, so it's up to you. I've, I've got a bunch, so why don't okay. you go? Oh uh, no, you go next. Okay. I'll do one more. This next one breaks my heart. Uh oh, I am all caught up on Ash vs. the Evil Dead, uh, and it was just announced that not only has Stars canceled it, Bruce Campbell is retiring from the character. Yes. Um. So I feel like next Sunday is going to be bittersweet, as I'm excited to see the conclusion to season three. But then that's fucking it. 
and I'm going to grate again on you. Just watch it, though. Okay. So uh, you're not gonna talk about it at all. Yeah, that's it. Just that I think I I was rough on this season. I yeah, know, I know I had some uh, not so positive tweets uh, about it, but I finally came around to it. I like to say I came around to it before we learned it was getting canceled and all of this. Um, well, let me put it this way. Um, and I kind of I'm with Bruce Campbell and his farewell tweet, basically his farewell thing on Facebook. He he basically is like trying to talk shit to the fans, and I actually agree with him. Okay, I'm with you. Everybody's like so sad and so upset, and they're pissed. In. Once they learned it was canceled, yeah. Well, that's not what I'm getting at. They're so upset, and they're blaming other fans, and they're blaming all these people for it. Let me just say this: this thing is on stars. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it was either going to get renewed or get canceled. Like, I, I don't want to sound callous, and I hope no industry people listen to this. Like, nobody should. I mean, nobody listens to us no, anyway, no, except for gonna... Brian the Horror Nerd. Hello, Brian. <laughs> yes. Um. So you know, I kind of feel like it's on stars. Like these shows don't get a lot of viewers and it got three seasons. So this is my point here. I'm a, I'm glass half full on this. We got three seasons right. of a show that I'm just going to say I'm shocked got made in the first place. So the idea that we're all so sad that the, it got three seasons. Oh no. And now it's canceled. What a drag. I don't know, man. He was Bruce Campbell came back before Cause he's before he's too old to play this character. Played it. We got three seasons that people love. There's Deadites. There was the first episode was directed by Sam Raimi. Like it had some budget, had some. I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is. We should be happy we got it and not be so sad it's gone. Well, call me greedy. That's what I'm trying to get. I at. want more. I just think it's, I like that character. You know, we, I like the show. We, we got a half second of him in the Evil Dead remake in the credits, right? And now we have three more seasons of him. And it's hard to be really upset that it got canceled by stars for me. Um, I like to think of it in a positive way. I, you know, shocking sh- from me. I know. Sure, sure. Um, but I would love to have seen it continue. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I mean, how much? A, how much can a sh- how much can a show do? I mean, yeah. you can put it like that. I'm sure eventually. I mean, all shows come to an end, right? But when you care about something so much. You don't want it to end. I guess I'm just saying we should be happy we got this what we gem that we got. Because I'm shocked it got. Man, I remember when they talked about, oh, there's going to be this Ash versus the Evil Dead show on stars. I'm I'm not kidding. I thought that is never going to fucking I, happen. I remember thinking of it in terms of like, holy shit, we're getting a sequel to Evil Dead. And too. we did. Yeah. And then eventually it became even a sequel to Army of Darkness. So there you go. It's, uh, it's great. I wish I had more. <clears throat> yeah. But like... Okay, it sucks that it's getting canceled, mm-hmm. right? And now he's just saying like, and I'm just done with the character. So there's but just no other it, chance. But, but I think what you're saying. It's cool Bruce that Campbell. we got something. Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Go, this is the thing. I think it's bad from other people's perspective. Bruce Campbell walks around, and the only goddamn thing he hears his whole fucking life is, "When are you going to make another Evil Dead movie? When are you going to play Ash Williams again?" And he did for three seasons, sure. and no one fucking ca- everybody. Nobody fucking watched everybody, it. and and everybody's pissed. It's canceled instead of being happy because like you got to think of it he acted his ass off he did all this shit oh yeah and and everybody's I like would, i would assume that's like the hardest character to play because you're just caked in yeah. fucking blood getting thrown around in every episode in a way i feel like now it's not because people give him praise but i feel like it's a thankless task almost like now that it's over again are you ever gonna play him again like let the man be uh, <laughs> he's fucking old you know and i just want to state 
I bought the first two seasons. I'm watching the show legally. Yeah. You know, I was there to support uh, this show. Yeah. Yeah, I bought the... I paid for Stars the first season. I bought the first Blu-ray. I'm going to buy the next two. It's just... You have a lot to look forward to in season two. We say goodbye to Ash Williams, and we say goodbye to Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And I am sad as well. I'm just saying be happy we got what we got. That's all I'm trying to get at. What else, Doc? Um, I got one more thing. I've got several more. All right, let's do my one more thing, and then we'll rattle your shit off. Okay, sounds great. All right, my last thing is the gorgeous new Shout Factory Blu-ray of the Burbs. <laughs> Fuck you, me. Doc. Lay it on me. <laughs> so, I get to watch my copy. Okay, so... Uh, here's my notes for the Burbs, uh, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. We probably won't talk it very long because we've talked a lot about it. Watched it with friend Jamie. I'm not sure why I wrote the note like that. <laughs> friend Jamie. Friend Jamie. His first viewing. His sh- one friend, Jamie. Shout's new f- transfer is awesome. Special features rock. Doc is amazing. And the doc is called, I wrote here, There Goes the Neighborhood. So Did you watch the... I watched all the special features on the disc. Wasn't there a factory cut? Or what's it called? <clears throat> it's a work print. Work but, print. But it's fucking SD. Okay. So I didn't. I'm going to eventually, but it's funny because I actually have the Arrow Steelbook. Shout out to Andrew, my buddy, who's... This is also his audio equipment that we're using. Hello, Andrew. He uh, he actually got it for me for my birthday last year or two years ago. I'm not sure. Um, so, and that... That Arrow UK Region B Blu-ray has it in HD, the really? work print. Wow. So I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to watch it on that. So this new Shout Factory Blu-ray, I fucking pre-ordered it for $14. Yeah. And it is worth so much more than that. It's so good. It looks awesome. It's the best the Burbs has ever looked, this and the Arrow uh, Blu-ray. And uh, the special features on it are just so fucking good. Um, they, they actually bought the... Uh, there goes the neighborhood doc from Arrow, so they didn't make it. Arrow did, but it's fucking awesome, dude. They they interview every single cast member they could possibly get, except for Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher. I'm fine, Carol. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm Carol. fine. I've been blown up. Just take me to the hospital. I'm sick. Just take me to the hospital. Uh, so I'll just get in the. I'll follow the ambulance to the hospital. Yeah. Okay, Carol. So. The Burbs Blu-ray, it's fucking awesome. If you've never seen The Burbs, just go buy this Shout Factory special edition. It's fucking awesome. And yeah, not much more to say. We've talked about this movie a lot. It's easily one of my favorite movies of all time. It's broached, it's breached into my top 10, which is I never thought would ever happen with a movie um, again, really. So uh, The Burbs speaks to me on more levels than I know. So Eric, let's hear the rest of your shit. All right. Uh, next one was a uh, from me. It was a Scream Factory release. Uh, I'd never fucking heard of this film. Uh, Shane Saw, Shaw, Shaw, Saw brought it to my attention. <laughs> Shout out Shane Saw. Uh, the Ambulance. This is with Eric That's Roberts. That's right. Yeah, I this remember that. This is written and directed by, uh, I want to call him my dude, but I don't feel as strongly about him as You're I feel me about. You're telling me picked, you picked this up because of Shane Saw's recommendation? Correct. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this was, you know, this was a blind buy. I never even fucking heard of it until he was like, hey, The Ambulance. Yes. Uh, Larry Cohen. Yes. Uh, wrote and directed this. This is with Eric Roberts. Uh, he, at the start of the film, he meets this girl who becomes sick. We later learn that she is diabetic. This ambulance comes to pick her up. Uh, he the goes, ambulance. The ambulance, right? Yep. Yes. There's, an, there's a, I'm going to call it a spooky ambul- ambulance. A macabre ambulance, right? <laughs> he goes to the nearest hospital. Spooky ambulance. Hosp- go ahead. He uh, goes to the nearest hospital where he just assumes an ambulance would have taken her. They have no record of this woman, so thus begins the mystery of 
where is this woman? He later learns that there are other disappearances from uh, people getting picked up from an ambulance and then never uh, being seen uh, again. Nice. This sounds cool. What kind of amazed me about this film was how fucking charismatic Eric Roberts is. I've never fucking seen an Eric Roberts film. You know, I don't think I have. He carries this film, you know, the entire fucking time. And he's just like the most likable dude. And I feel like this is such a paper thin plot idea. Yeah. But the idea that Eric Roberts just carries it for the 90 minutes that it runs. Um, I dug it. Nice. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Nice. Um, I don't feel as, I don't feel too strongly about it, but uh, are you cool. happy you purchased it? I think I watched it. Yeah, I kind of thought that's what you're going to say. Uh, another one I got uh, is a recent... That was The Ambulance. That was The Ambulance with Eric Roberts directed and written by Larry Cohen. Stan Lee uh, plays himself in it. Eric Roberts is a penciler at Marvel Comics. Um, there's a fun uh, running gag throughout the film about people who look like Jughead. I thought that was funny. Oh, that's funny. Um, next Speaking one, of which, Riverdale. No, I'm just kidding. I actually have Riverdale on my list, so okay. I'll do that right now. I'm fucking over Riverdale. Yes. It's a big, it's, it's terrible, Doc. I'm happy to hear I'm it. I'm so off of River fucking Dale. What happened? Uh, fucking Archie's like. No, 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 don't spoil it. It sucks. The writing. Yeah. It's just boring as fuck. It's gone on for like 24 episodes yep. and they're doing like another 10. Here yeah. I go with another wacky comparison suggestion. Now you and I have said how uh Riverdale is better than Scream the TV yes, series. Yes, for sure. Okay. The first season of Riverdale is infinitely better than that Scream TV series. So here's why I get wacky. Okay? I never gave up on the Scream TV series. Yeah, but it was so about killing kids and we like that. So if you're just going to watch one of the two, watch Riverdale. If you're well, going to keep watching Riverdale, just watch Scream the TV series. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I am okay. I'm, I'm off of it. I'm not finishing this season. I'm shocked to hear this development because I was so into Riverdale. Yeah, this is your favorite show it ever. Sucks now. I don't even give a fuck how pretty they are anymore. So I quit like I think six episodes into this season, and with the idea of you know what, when it, I'm going to be one of those assholes when it hits Netflix, I'll tear through this thing. But I don't give a fuck anymore. They they I started was watching it weekly. They started doing things to the characters that I just did not fucking buy. Like this oh, person. Oh, you're going to hate what they do, Doc. I'm sure. That's why I quit. This person is now having sex with this person for zero goddamn reason. And it's not, I want to be clear. It's not because I disagree with the choice because I want that character to be with that character. It just doesn't. It's it's made it's it's plot for sense of plot. It's writing just because they have to write something. It's not interesting. It's not I don't you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is if I don't buy a fucking character's actions on a TV show, it's just written for written sake. The Walking Dead is the worst fucking show at this. It's like we'll just make this character go off and do this and it won't make any goddamn sense. And it doesn't ring true to their character's characteristics in any way. But uh, Carol's going to go off and be a badass, but then she's going to come back and be uh, catatonic in a way. And it's like, what? Just pick what your fucking characters are and play to their characteristics. And 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 Riverdale started to do this. I was like, I'm out. I'm fucking done. You know, I like those actresses a lot. Hell, I like those actors a lot. Fucking Skeet Ulrich is my guy. Right. 
and I was just over it, dude. So now let me say this. I think I probably will tear through it when it hits Netflix, but that's not a good thing. Like I'm saying that's not good. Um, so I'm totally on board with what you just said. And another thing that's bad, uh, in addition to that, is when the writing is boring. Yeah. So uh, I won't say what it is. I kind of put them one in the same, but go ahead. Uh, so, like it's boring to me if characters do things just to fucking do them. So one of the overarching story plots in the season is uh, Hiram's evil plan for the city of oh Riverdale, right? Okay. Yeah. And when it's finally revealed... What Veronica's dad has in store for the town of Riverdale. Veronica, duh. What did I say? Oh, I'm just saying Veronica, duh. Oh, it was the most shrug-worthy shit ever. Have they revealed who the killer is yet? So, the first half... Don't say anything. Okay, I won't say anything. But the first half of the season is just them trying to hunt the Black Mask. The Black Hood. The Black Hood. And that was tight. But then the second half had to do all this, like, they needed a new villain. Okay. And it was just like, fuck off. So did they reveal who the killer was? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to ask you off mic who it was because I have a suspicion. Okay. So E-Dog is off Riverdale. That is, okay, we're going to move on. But that is a big shocking revelation. I actually respect. That you heard first. I respect you more now because you didn't just keep going and say, I don't care, da. You said, you know what? I'm fucking done. Yes. Yeah, I've done that with so many TV shows, and people are always like, oh, I'm still watching The Walking Dead. No, guys. Why? This shit sucks. Move the fuck on. Uh, Edog gave up in season four. When did you give up? Uh, right after Negan killed everybody, I moved on. That's like three seasons later, Jim. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I Well, here, let me say this. I emotionally gave up after season two. Okay. But I just kept watching because it was, you know, Greg Nicotero effects and it was, it was popcorn, but it's not good. But I finally just said this, this shit's fucking trash. Like, it's just not good anymore. Oh, but I'm going to kill you. No, I'm going to kill you. And then spend four seasons and then they kill each other. Fucking who cares? Stop. Find something else to do. Go somewhere else. Fucking. And I thought you were gonna say go suck it, dude. And the show, and the show, <laughs> like they make so much money off the merchandise and the fucking conventions, all the shit. This show's never gonna end, and I'm over it. Fuck The Walking Dead. Anyways, alrighty, my next one is a recent Severin. Uh... By the way, sorry if you like The Walking Dead or Riverdale, but we don't. Yes. Well, we still kind of like Riverdale. I don't. Well, we like the first season. We like the first season. There you go. So we do kind of like it. We think Jughead's really good looking. Yes, we do. Uh, Eaten Alive. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Severin. Yes. Lindsay? Umberto Lindsay. Yes, yes. my guy. Um, Tell me about it. I'm excited about this okay, one. Okay, let me, let me fill you in on Eaten Alive. Uh, this was a film. Whenever they announced it, I was like, fucking sick. I can't wait to watch a cannibal film I've never seen. Not only was I wrong, I already owned the Shriek Show DVD. So I guess that's how much of a, not an impression the film made on me. Before you keep going. Okay, go ahead. It was recently on sale, the deluxe edition with Did the slipcover for $15. Did you pick it up? And I skipped it. So ah, tell me I made a mistake or didn't make a mistake. You didn't make a mistake, but I Is it better than Zombie Holocaust? Ooh. No, I, I like it. Zombie Holocaust. Ooh, oh. okay. Okay, so Eat Alive is a terrific idea. 
Okay, so this girl is looking for her sister who was recently who has recently joined a cult and you learn that they live on this fucking island. I'm going to say in South America. I don't know if that's correct. Um it's just like in the middle of like nowhere in this fucking jungle. And so they so the sister and she hires this man played by Robert Kerman who's also nice. in Cannibal Holocaust, yeah, which we love, by the way. So we're big fans of cannibal films. I mean, Cannibal Holocaust is the cannibal film, and Varix is good too. Holocaust is in my top ten. Um, Holocaust is amazing. Yes, can I keep going about how much we like Cannibal Holocaust? I love Cannibal Holocaust. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. So she, she, the sister hires this man to help her go find her sisters, seeing if they can get her uh, away from this cult. But they can't just leave the area where the cult lives because it's surrounded by cannibals that live in the outer jungle. Okay. So it's a cool idea of the, not only is she trapped by the cult, but they're also, everyone's all trapped by the cannibals. And one thing that really surprised me about it was like, sort of like how much favor this movie has online. Like how much people saying like, yeah, this film is sick. Um, it's cool. It's got some good gore, which I think is the most important thing for a cannibal film to have. You sound like me talking. About, I'm not talking shit about the film, this film, but you, you sound like me talking about Zombie Holocaust. But Doctor Butcher, MD. I like that movie. I thought it was cool. It had good gore when the gore came, but overall, the film's not great. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like uh, I don't know. It's it's like an it's like a film that I suggest you watch. Yeah, I would love to being, see it. Being a horror fan, being a cannibal fan. Being uh, an Italian fan, I have, I it own, hits all the check marks of shit that we like. But you should be in no rush to watch it. Yeah, and my my problem is purchasing it. Like I'm at the point where I own so many movies, I don't want to just buy everything, but I want to see everything. Right. So I really want to see Eaten Alive, but I don't want to buy it. Um. So I just have a stack of unwatched Blu-rays, and I have made the decision I'm not buying another blue until I take out this stack. I'm pretty good about about watching the stuff I buy, but not me. That shit just piles up until now. So that's Eaten Alive. Next one I got was a recent Blu-ray release from Well Go USA, and I am talking about Itchy the Killer. Oh, cool. Uh, this was a film that I discovered in high school. Uh, Itchy is a, I always get the two confused, sadist and masochist. Which is the one that likes to give pain? I think it's a sadist. Okay. So Itchy is a sadist. And he's been brainwashed from he's been brainwashed by a retired police lieutenant who still like holds a grudge against the And this is Korean, right? Isn't it? I don't I think know. so. I was gonna say Japanese, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Well now we sound shitty. So. Now we sound awful. Yes. yes. So Well, I was just gonna say I've always had a disconnect with I'll just use the word Asian cinema. Okay. I've always like there's a couple I like, but for whatever reason there's some kind of cultural disconnect and it's, it's obvious. It's not the, the language. I don't really care. You know, I, I watch tons of stuff that's subtitled. It's just, I don't know. I've always had disconnect with it. Like I, I never really liked audition, even though it's good. Right. Um, I never liked directed by the same guy who directed itchy, the killer. Yeah. Takashi Miike. Miike. I never cared about him. I never liked. Yeah. A lot of those, uh, the original grudge, the original, uh, ring, you know, I don't know those films. I never cared about. Right. So uh, go ahead. So itchy, the killer, and I feel uh, bad about it, by the way. I'm not saying they're... I'm saying I wish I liked them. He's been brainwashed by this man who is a retired police lieutenant. And he has Itchy the Killer go and kill high-ranking members of gangs. So he goes, and then at the beginning of the film, he kills this man. 
um, uh, he's he's a high ranking member in this gang, and there's this man by the name of Kakahari who's also in this gang. <laughs> okay, and Kakahari is a masochist. He likes to receive pain. So for the start of the film, he's on a hunt of who killed his boss. And when he soon learns that it's itchy, when he soon learns that it's uh, a sadist, he starts getting excited, not for the idea of capturing him, but for the idea of maybe Itchy can finally give him the pain that he wants to receive. This movie's pretty fucked up, okay? In terms of the way women are treated, violence, the gore. When I was younger, I seeked that type of stuff out. Like, I yeah. wanted a film to shock me. I wanted a film to no, gross me it, out. It's sort of, you know, like when you're when, when you're young, you watch I Spit on Your Grave and you kind of put up devil horns and you say, fuck yeah. Not in like, not in, uh, you're not like egging it on, but you're like, you don't, you don't really know like <sighs> heartbreak and, and trauma really. Sure. But the older you get and you see, you're like, ugh. Fuck, man. That's, that's, that was, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was exactly, yeah, exactly what I was going to say next. Like when I, I, think I, in my... I can't even watch... I haven't seen a, spin your, a movie like A Spin on Your Grave in a while because it's like, I don't even need to see that now because that's not cool, you know? Um, well, I was going to say maybe in my older age, I guess I'm a bit more politically correct. And like some of this shit was like almost cringe cringe-worthy to watch. It was like harder for me to watch now sure. as an adult than it was for me to watch as a teenager just looking to get off on yeah, some that, violence. That for me, and I understand what you're saying, but that that for me isn't a politically correct thing. It's just that the older we get, like I said, the more we sort of know, like it's harder to watch people go through pain. I feel like the older you get, cause you, you've gone through pain. You've seen people gone through pain, but when you're a kid, you don't give a fuck about anything. You haven't sure. seen shit. You think you're invincible. You think the whole world's yours and all this mm. shit. But the older you get, it's like, fuck man, there's real shit in the world. So then when you see it on film, it affects you differently. The older that's, I get, that's how I feel. The more body parts I have to stretch out before I skate. Uh, I love Itchy the Killer. I think it's fantastic, and I definitely think it's a film that people should seek out if they're looking for something a little extreme. And it had that uh, slipcover, right, from Wellgo? Yeah, oh, such a cool slipcover. What is, is Wellgo putting out soon? They got the rights to something recently, and it's going to be fucking sick. Uh, oh, no. Uh, not, I don't know. I know exactly what it is. It's not the rights. They acquired The Endless, uh, the Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead, I believe Oh, that's cool. I had known nothing about that film. But and I've seen people I, and I don't tweet about know. it. Apparently, it's like it's actually them in the film, and they're like going through some kind of journey. Okay. The, the filmmakers and they're themselves, and it has to do with resolution, which is a film I really like. Okay. So I'm gonna leave it there. But apparently, it's like meta, kinda. Mm -hmm. But people are saying it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's coming from Wellgo USA, so oh, it'll cool. be easy to get Blu-ray. Right. I'm picking that shit up because their film Spring rocked me to my core when I saw that movie. I, I love how Spring is a romantic yeah. monster film. And it's so tragic and so gorgeous and just... I like how sweet it is. It, and I was going to say, and it's very sweet and very serious, but it's also really fucked up at times. And Spring is a... I really want to rewatch Spring, but it's such a journey I haven't rewatched it. Anyways, you were talking... Itchy, Itchy the, killer. the Killer. Yes. So but like yeah. I was just saying, if you're looking for something violent, if you're looking for something gory, uh, seek out Itchy the Killer. Yeah. Uh, I've got three more All right, let's on what I've been watching. Okay. Uh, the next one is a release from Code Red. This was a double feature that they put out. Um, the disc contained Last House on Massacre, Massacre Street 
and House on the Edge of the Park. Yes. I, I bought this specifically for House on the Edge of the Park. And I've seen House on the Edge of the Park, so I'll talk it with you if you want. Okay, great. This is directed by uh, Diodato, the yes. guy who did Cannibal Holocaust. And while I had a great time revisiting House on the Edge of the Park, I had a fantastic surprise with Last House on Massacre Street. Um, this film was originally released as The Bride. And what was neat about this Blu-ray was you could watch these two films in drive-in mode. The two films played back-to-back. Uh, -back, and in between them, there were trailers as well as commercials for uh, the concession stand. Uh, Last House on Massacre Street, a.k.a. The Let's Bride. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's uh, all go to the lobby. Let's all. Uh, so Last House on Massacre Street, a.k.a. The Bride is about this couple uh on their wedding day the man cheats on the woman uh the woman leaves and she begins to uh psychologically torture her ex-husband and the husband's new love interest the husband soon learns that the ex-wife uh has a tendency for violence and her uh, torture soon starts escalating from prank phone calls to mutilated animals in their bed. Uh, eventually, there comes a... So this is a woman torturing uh, Right. That's cool. Right. Uh, Not very uh, common. Uh, eventually, there comes a moment as to how far does this woman want to take? How far is she willing to go? How far is she willing to go to get her revenge on this awful man? And... Um, when it started, I was like, fuck, do I want to watch this? It was just like grainy. It seemed like slow at the start of it. And man, I'm so glad I sat it out because uh, I was treated to a little gym. Wow. I uh, really want to see that now. And I, I love the idea of that drive-in mode. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And what was cool was some of the trailers like looked fine. And there was other trailers. The quality looked so low. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck it was. I'm sure that was... Their intention. Yeah. But uh, it was really neat watching them in drive-in mode. Uh, next film. Oh, wait up, wait up. I want to talk about that. Okay. So uh, this is crazy because Code Red is like notorious for being like the worst distribution label out there. And, and I'm not shit-talking Code Red. I'm happy they exist because they buy stuff like House on the Edge of the Park and put it out. And I, I own House on the Edge of the Park and uh, Just Before Dawn from Code Red. Um, but they're notorious for like not being a great business. Like for instance, like he, the way I got those two blues, I had to log into his big cartel store, which is just a storefront online and it's closed all the time. But randomly, if you refresh the page, it'll be open and it's like, he's accepting orders. His name is Bill Olson, by the way. Um, and I know, trust me, people. Fuck are, Bill Olson. No, not fuck Bill Olson. It's just, <laughs> just notoriously kidding. not a great run uh, business. I'm just kidding. And so. Uh, well, let me tell you this. I pre-ordered it from Amazon, got it the day it came out. So um, so they've been notorious for this. And then all of a sudden recently, I think he must have sold some of it. Or maybe he's no longer involved in the way he was. Or he's getting help from somebody. Because all of a sudden, all the there's all this shit on Amazon. He's doing these double feature packs with the fucking drive-in mode. Right. Bro. That's pretty legit for Code Red. Like, Code Red was like, again, I don't want to talk shit. I'm glad they exist, but, like, kind of a shitty label. And now, like, you got a legit blue from Amazon, and it had, like, special... Uh, Fun a, idea. A cool way, yeah. So, yeah. so um, oh, yeah. And then a bunch of his films are, like, now on Amazon in, like, deluxe packs. I believe he owns The Church and The oh, okay. Sect. I, um, and Opera. Opera is his, too. And uh, they're all on Amazon. It's like, what the fuck? 
All of a sudden, all this shit's on Amazon. So, anyways, point being, shout out to Code Red for get, stepping your shit up uh, because they have a bunch of cool shit. And I really want to check that out. House on the Edge of the Park, I was just going to quickly recap for me. Go ahead. A fucking really cool movie. Home Invasion flick? Yeah. With Home, David Hess? Home Invasion, fucked up movie. Um, but, yeah, just kind of awesome. And it's like has a bunch. David Hess and then one of my favorite. Giovanni. Yeah, it has a bunch of Italian Radici? actors. Lombardo Radici. I don't. I can't remember the woman's name, but one of my favorite Italian actresses is in this movie. So that's good too. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. It's a cool movie. It's not like the best movie ever or anything, but no. it's cool. So House on the Edge of the Park. It's also not as nasty as I like it to be. It's not. It's not. It's, not. But it's, I, it's mean-spirited, but it's not as nasty as I know, would have liked from a film from Diodato and David, David Hess. Hess. It is kind of funny you say that because when I put it in the first time, I just got this blue like last year or whatever okay. or a year and a half ago. And I was like, oh, all right, here we go. And then sure. it wasn't that nasty. And I was like, oh, that was actually, like, I felt good about it. Whereas <laughs> if it was nasty like I thought it was going to be, like David Hess's other films, sure. I would have felt bad. But I didn't. I was like, oh, cool. That was awesome. So it in a way, it was it almost better. It wasn't fucking a Serbian film? It, well, exactly. So anyways, what's your next film? We got two more. Recommendation for me, and I don't even have the blue you bought. Buy that fucking two-pack. Because House in the Edge of Park is great. It has this drive-in mode and this movie, The Bride, which has another really cool. It's fucking awesome. So, recommendation. Buy that blue. Mm -hmm. I need to get that. Go ahead. I also think it was like 17 bucks. It wasn't too wildly expensive. It's funny because House on the Edge of the Park from his big cartel store cost me like $30. What? But it's kind of cool because I have the single disc House on the Edge of the Park. There's also no special features. And mine had interviews with David Hess and Diodato, so... It's just uh, the films it's, and the trailers. The release I have is kind of cool because it's like it, it's not a two pack. It's House on the Edge of the Park, just you know, its own. So, right. go ahead. What do you got next? Uh, Cold Hell. This is a Shutter exclusive. All right, ding, ding, ding. Time to update us on your Shutter quality. You know what, dude? It, it 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 like sucks dick on the Xbox app, but I watched this with my mom at her house on her Roku. No problem. It worked fine? No problem. See, I've tried it on multiple... We're not going to get into this. I've tried it on Apple TV. I've tried it on Xbox. I tried it to cast it from my iOS to AirPlay, and it was shit too. So anyways, Shudder, tell us about Cold Hell. God, this movie is fucking tight. Really? So, this movie is fucking tight. Um, it was like one of those films where I saw people tweeting about it, and I was like, yeah, I want to eventually watch it. And uh, most nights I go to my uh, mom's house for dinner. And most nights she wants to watch a film. So I was like, fuck, now I can finally take out Cold Hell. Yeah. So I tell my mom what it's about. And so we, so we start it. And it's about this woman. She trains in MMA. So she's just like this badass who can defend herself. Yes. And she sees, she she doesn't witness the murder, but she sees a dead body with the man who has just killed this dead body. Okay. I like where this is going. And so she now has to defend herself against this man who starts chasing her. It's like this fucking uh, long-ass chase uh, between her and this uh, man. Um, It eventually boils down to just um, the two of them, right? And so as my mom and I are watching this film, it's windy. And the front door of my mom's house is getting taken by the wind. Okay. Right? And there's a moment in cold hell where she thinks she hears somebody outside her door. So she's peeking through the peephole to see if anybody's out there. And hearing the wind and hearing the door getting taken by the wind kind of escalated that scene for me. Amplified. Right. So 
it ends in this big fight between her and the killer, right? And finally, the wind taking the door has become too much for my mom. <laughs> no, it's a real, so, real life story so, now. So she pauses it. And she's like, hold up. I'm going to lock the screen door so the wind can't take it, right? And as she's walking back to her seat, my mom flexes. And she goes, I love this movie. So, you know, it's a very strong female lead. Yes. Just kicking ass. I fucking loved it, dude. Damn, Colin hell yeah. That was fucking sick. Yeah. I'm in. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's a, currently a Shudder uh, exclusive. Uh, it is... Shudder. Give us free Shudder. Oh, gosh. I'm not going to take a stab at the country because I'm not sure where it's from, but it is foreign and it's excellent. Awesome. Okay. Last one. You ready, G? Let me, let me tell a quick story. Okay. Okay. So it's funny you said wind amplifying your experience. This is a non-horror film experience. But a long time ago, one of my favorite films of the last 10 years is called Take Shelter. Okay. Shout out to Ben. Me and my brother watched this film at a friend's house. Michael Shannon. <laughs> Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain, more importantly. But we watched this film at a friend's house, and it was the one of the stormiest nights I have ever experienced in Carlsbad. Now, I had already seen the film actually two or three times, but I had... Uh, may I ask the friend? No, you may not. Okay, keep so going. we went to go watch. We, I was showing this film to my brother. I had already seen it three times because I love Take Shelter. I'm like, you have to see this. You have to see this. Do you own the blue? I do, of course. Okay. But so we go to watch it at this friend's house and it's fucking, we're out in the middle of nowhere and this torrential downpour and wind is just, the whole house feels like it's going to blow up. It's going to it's gonna fly away like it's fucking Wizard of Oz. Okay. Okay. But Take Shelter is about a huge storm coming. That may or not be coming. There's right? a storm coming. Exactly. And so it is one of my favorite movie watching experiences I've ever had. And there's no way to replicate it because right. it has to be stormy out. But it was one of my favorite things ever. We watched Take Shelter. It's all about a storm coming. He's building a storm cellar uh, in his backyard, the whole movie. And it's just awesome. So end of story. It's not a horror movie. But a, a wind amplifying my experience of a film watch right. uh, happened to me with Take Shelter. So there you right. go. And shout out to Ben and not shout out to that friend. Will you tell me off mic? I will. Okay, great. What's the other off mic you need? Oh, you need to tell me the, the Black Hood. Was. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, last film I've got here is the new Hellraiser. Hellraiser Judgment. Ooh. Um, I tried one time to watch all the Hellraisers when they were available. How far did you get? On uh, maybe four or five. Wow, that's not bad. When they were available on Netflix. I want to watch the CD one. I don't even know how many there are. The CD Cenobite. I don't even know what the CD Cenobite I is. I think it's in uh, Hellworld, the one that takes place online or whatever. Oh, okay. Hellraiser. Um, Hellworld. Uh, I liked Hellraiser Judgment. No. I did. It's really weird. It's really gross. Okay. Um, I feel like Hellraiser... Didn't have Doug Bradley in it. Does not have Doug Bradley in it. No, but at least this guy isn't fat pinhead. Like, yeah. you know what? That's a Dimension Extreme film. You're right. Maybe I'll watch the fucking fat Revelations. pinhead. Maybe I'll watch fat pinhead for our next fat episode. Fat pinhead. Hell yeah. I'm kind of stoked now for fat pinhead. <laughs> it was weird. It was gross. It was like nasty. There was like parts where like people are just like vomiting shit that they just ate like on top of people who are like being torn up like you know what the fuck's going on like pinhead's barely even like in it for like a minute but there's just like these weird gross shit that's going nice. on um it's funny that you say this is good because this came out right alongside another um franchise sequel type I, film i didn't say good 
Okay. I said I liked it. You said it was interesting in yes. some way. Uh, which this film is actually amazing. And this is Leatherface. But they both came out from Lionsgate around the same time. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I, I thought Leatherface came out a little earlier. No. Because Leather, Leatherface was last year, and I thought Hellraiser yeah, Judgment yeah. was this year. Within two, three months. I mean, Leatherface came out in what? October? Hellraiser came out like January or okay. February. I'm just saying around the same time, Lionsgate put out two interesting films. Please proceed. Sure. Oh, I was just going to say, I wonder if Hellraiser is victim to like somebody has a script and then they're just like, yeah, let's shoehorn in the Cinnabites. It is. Because that's what this feels like. Yeah. Uh, where it's uh, these two brothers who are detectives trying to solve uh, a serial killer's case. One of them gets wrapped up so much in the case and eventually he finds the fucking box and the fucking Cenobites come and blah, blah, blah. Um, I wonder how that film got made and I wonder what's going to happen. I thought it was to... just for the rights. Don't well, they just do it? I, I genuinely feel like the guy who made this movie, Gary Tunnicliffe. Tunnicliffe. I feel like he put some effort though. Well, I, me, I feel like he tried to make a film. I brought that up because don't doesn't Dimension own? Correct. Okay, so Dimension is kind of not around right now because right. it's owned by the Weinstein Company. Correct. So, and that's something we're probably going to talk about in the Dimension Extreme episode. Like, what's going to happen to all those rights for all those films? Like, the Weinstein Company owns Dimension. I got to do something, though. What? I should save this for the Dimension Extreme episode. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, here we go. A lot of those films were kind of rapey. Okay. Okay, but keep going. <laughs> that's, that's all a lot of those maybe films we could, are, maybe we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a lot of those films are kind of rapey really a lot of them i'm trying to think i mean automaton transfusion isn't rogue isn't i'm thinking teeth i'm thinking triloquist trilic why the fuck did you watch triloquist <laughs> because i'm trying to get as comprehensive as i can with the dimension extreme is geez. what is it steel trap steel trap is it rapey Still trap is not rapey. You know what's funny? Bro- broken is is sort of rapey. Broken is that other one. That movie sucks. I'm All right, not, we'll talk. I'm about not going to watch it. Don't watch it. Go ahead. Okay, so that's it. That's what Hellraiser I, I, Judgment. I liked it. I liked it. It's weird. It's nasty. Seek it out if you're a fan of the series. Did you pay, did you buy it? Got it from Netflix DVD. Nice. I well, I appreciate that because I would be like I would be shocked if you paid to buy that. I went to fucking Walmart when it came out. Not to buy it. Just, you know, it happened to be that Tuesday. All gone. Clear shelf. No copies of Hellraiser Judgment available. Quick note about Walmart. People have found a Scream Factory double feature at Walmarts. I haven't seen it at ours. Now, I own both these movies, so don't freak out. I own both. It's fucking The Fog and The Howling. Wow. And it's, it's, uh, it's 788. Blue. It, it's it's a blue. It's one pack. You know how they did that Teen Wolf pack? It's that, but with the fog and the howling. Are those Scream Factory? Because I've seen that yeah. Teen Wolf two pack. Yeah, they're Scream Factory. It has oh. the Scream Factory art on the hat. The top half is the fog. The bottom half is the howling. I didn't know and that. It's fucking seven eighty eight. I wish I would have picked up that Teen Wolf two pack. Yeah. Well, that was. Isn't that Shout or is that Scream? Oh, I don't know. Either way, it's 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 their transfers. Oh man, I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah. Anyways, if you fucking see that fog and howling out there, buy that shit if you don't own those movies. Because seven eighty eight for those two. That's wild. From Scream. That's wild. That is such a great price. Yeah. I paid fucking $20 for those two Blu-ray, each of those Blu-rays. So there you go. So that's it. That's what E-Dog's been watching. That's what E-Dog's been watching. Whew. All right. And after that, what we've been watching section of the podcast, 
Maybe the longest one of all time. Possibly. It is now time for everybody's favorite part of the Cool Squad podcast. Eric Coffin's Terratudes. Eric Coffin's Terratudes. Eric Coffin's Terratudes. I just want to keep going. And with that fine intro. <laughs> Take it away, sir. Uh, for this Eric Coffin's Terratudes, I confirm a horror punk conspiracy. Actually, there is no conspiracy. The only place this conspiracy existed was in my head. Uh, I recently found a horror punk band called The Renfields. The Renfields refer to themselves as Transylvania Pogo Punk. And like I said about Shadow Windhawk, they won me over by their songs simply being about horror movies. From Morgantown, West Virginia, I learned of the Renfields when I saw their name on a show flyer that the Jasons were also playing. I picked up their 2014, and I believe only album, Go, from iTunes and quickly fell for it. Any band that has a song about Night of the Creeps, which the Renfields do, is A plus in my book. Detective, throw me. While listening to Go, I thought the singer of the Renfields sounded a lot like the singer of the Jasons. So I tweeted at the singer of the Jasons, Jason fucking five, and asked him, hey, do you sing for both bands? In which he replied, no, but that dude does have a good voice. Which I thought was weird because one of the images the Jasons tried to portray is that they are jerks. And it surprised me he didn't take the opportunity to shit talk the singer of the Renfields. Something I've seen him do about other horror punk bands. So anyways, on April, Friday the 13th, the Jasons put out their latest album, Get Sued, which is Ramones covers, but with Misfits lyrics. I ordered it a few days ago from the Big Cartel page, and after getting to the order successful page, it told me the merchant name is Vincent Renfield. So I'm I'm totally sure it's the same dude. And as much as I would love new music from the Renfields, I guess he's just too busy with the Jasons. So he lied to you? Yeah. I guess. And, you know, I can't see what he looks like because, you know, the Jasons, he wears yeah, a Jason mask. mask. Yeah. And uh, in the Renfields, he paints his face like a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> so I just thought that. Awesome. Um, I don't know. I thought that was funny that he wouldn't say. <laughs> he actually, I think it's funny he replied to you. Right. And said no. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was an incredible, spectacular return. What did you think of Ben's version Ben Coffin's Territudes. I uh, hated the title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, after after we get done recording, tell me about what's going on with Ghost Now. Okay, I will. So, uh, thank you for doing Eric Coffin's Territudes. Yes. And now I Happy think it's have done it. finally time for our secret topic, uh, which is coming up right now. So, uh, play the music. All 
right, here we are at the final topic of this uh, episode of the podcast. And what is it, Eric? Tell us. We're doing our top five favorite uh, head kills. Head kills, which is an odd way to put it. Yes. But we originally thought, let's do to our top five headshots in right. horror. And then we're like, well, we want to include stuff that's just decapitations. Right. So we went with head kills. And, you know, this just doesn't have to involve someone being shot at. Uh, as you will uh, soon, soon find out. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we came up with a few honorable mentions we for did. our favorite head kills. Yes. Uh, so, you know, this is anything that involves killing someone with their head. Right. So uh, let's just go ahead and start with the Texas Chainsaw remake. This yes. is our honorable mentions. And uh, this is where at the beginning of the film, start of the film, of the remake, they pick that girl up. Right. But uh, something's wrong with her. Someone who's already had a run-in with the Sawyer family. Yes. And uh, she produces a gun. From her crotch. I didn't say that, but you did. And uh, when she produces this gun, she puts it in her... <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, duh. Uh, she she uh... blows herself away. <laughs> and the camera goes through. She eats the licorice and blows herself away. That's right. And the camera the goes all the way through the back of her head yeah. and out the back window where the blood and the window shattered. Pretty freaking cool. And it's a fucking, it's probably the best. Actually, it is the best thing in that movie. I uh, think there's that scene where, uh, Arlie Ermy, RIP. That's true. He's like forcing them to clean up the body. Oh yeah. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Well, that whole movie's, I mean, we like the remake. I agreed. So that's a TCM remake. That has yes. a good head kill. Give me another fabulous head kill. Jason takes Manhattan. Fuck yeah. And this is where the character Julius gets his head boxed off. Yep. This Tell goes us on, about it, This Eric. goes on for like a minute. It's like uh, four minutes long. Of uh, Julius literally boxing uh, Jason. At one point... He starts doing body blows. Yep, he's he's giving he's giving Jason a bunch of fucking headshots. Yeah, with his fists. Then he starts giving him some uh, body blows, but he's clearly getting exhausted, and Jason is not. So he tells Jason, "Give me your best shot, motherfucker." Jason grabs him by the collar, and it's great that they reenacted this for the video game yes, as well. Yes, and he punches him so hard, his head flies off. Flies off. And then it falls into a fucking trash can. Yes. Great and, stuff. And it's amazing because this is not one of my favorite Friday the 13th films, but definitely one of my favorite Friday the 13th it's kills. It's so good. And it's so perfect. It's Kane Hodder as uh, Jason, and he looks so good in the moonlight of New York City, which is probably not New York City where they shot it, but it looks gorgeous. And uh, he boxes this dude's head off. Yeah. So there you go. Good stuff. Our last honorable mention because we came up with this topic 15 minutes before recording. This is true. Is Friday the 13th, the original film. And uh, it is Mrs. Voorhees being decapitated. Correct. You know, spoilers. Spoilers. For Friday the 13th. For the OG 1980 Friday the 13th. Exactly. She gets her head cut off and you see none other than Tom Savini's Tom hands. Tom Savini's hairy knuckles. Right. Yeah. And uh, actually, it's one of my favorite like decapitations because it's so like fucked up. And it, in a film where like you, it is really not that violent. Like there is some gore, but it's not really till the later films where it got amped up like crazy. Right. Uh, that's a pretty violent scene. I love how it's slow mo and the blood just like right. squirting out. It's good to catch. She runs at Pamela. I like how it's in slow mo. Yes. Dun 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 dun. Okay. All right. So number five on our favorite head kills is high tension. Yes. This is one of my favorite. 
things I've ever seen in a movie. This is fucked up. This is really fucked up. In fact, when I saw this, like, it, okay, so I saw High Tension. This is the French film by Alexander Aja, who's one of my favorite filmmakers of all mm-hmm. time. Uh, I saw this very young. Doing nothing now. And, uh, you know, this this kill involves a overweight truck driver. Correct. Shoving a he man. has just broken into this house. Yes, which is scary. It, it's become a home invasion film at this point. <laughs> he uh, shoves this man's head through a, like, the staircase. What would you call that? Uh, the staircase, the the railing is railing. decorative. Yes, there's rails of the staircase, and his head gets shoved between this decorative railing. And then this man, this truck driver, uh, gets a dresser, this huge like dresser thing, and just slides it across the front of the like the side of the staircase and pushes his head off with the fucking dresser. Nasty force. And uh, I'm just picturing it in my head. And it's just like squirting insane amounts of blood. And it's perfect French violence at its best. Nihilistic French uh, violence. Extreme gore. Absolutely. And uh, it sets the tone for that whole fucking movie. I'd also like to quickly mention the scene whenever uh, this same truck driver uh, is getting head from a decapitated. Which I guess in a way is a head kill. Uh, and it's like fucked up because like after he comes, he just like throws the head out of his truck. Yes, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad up. I remember that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really fucked up. And it's funny because uh, this film has a. Uh, I won't spoil it, but this film has a twist. I'm and, all for it too. Me too. But that scene you just spoke about in the truck makes me think. I don't think that like it doesn't make sense with some of the actions in the film. I get you, but like, that's still fucked up. It's it's no, it is fucked up, but it's like misdirection for misdirection's sake. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So that's high tension. Mm-hmm. The staircase death is how I put it. All right, and give it's us really number fucked up. Four. I'm gonna let you describe this one. This is the beyond. Fuck yes. Go ahead, my man, Fulci. Uh, you know people call him the Godfather of Gore, but Fulci's I think that's, masterpiece. But I think that's inaccurate, as I think we should give that title to. Herschel Gordon Lewis. There comes a scene when... There comes a time. There comes a time in every child's life when both of your parents are murdered by weird <laughs> uh, zombie beings. And, Fucked up. Fulci bullshit. And you yourself eventually comes one. And David Warbeck just has to blow your whole fucking face off. And uh, it's a great headshot. <laughs> I, I really can't add anything to it. That's to be honest. It's just like her... From like her top lip to like her forehead just goes missing. What do you think Whatever Fulci, she Fulci gets shot. was thinking when he made all this stuff? I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> I'm a fucking genius. Yeah. As you wear a House by the Cemetery t-shirt, which I did compliment earlier. It's a great fucking movie. Agreed. So Number three. Number three is what I, if anyone ever talks about a shotgun headshot, let's all just say the first thing that comes to mind, first thing that comes to my mind is... Maniac. I feel like this is the end all. Me too. It, uh, shotgun headshot. We were talking about it earlier over Subway, as we do. Uh, you said it happens rather quickly. And while I agree, it's just so fucked. No, no, no. It's, I was complaining about how quick the Prowler headshot is. Oh, the Prowler headshot. Whereas I gotcha. uh, the Maniac headshot, I feel like it's a nice slow-mo, uh, which happens to someone we've already mentioned, Tom Savini. Tom Savini, yes. And uh, it's just like the most gratuitous fucking violence and it's just, it perfectly encapsulates that fuck-ass, I don't know if I should say fuck-ass, but that fuck, no, go ahead. fucked up movie 
and gross New York, right? It's New York. Right? Joseph Spinelli. Yes. Who played uh, the title uh, yes. role of Maniac. You love these movies, man. This is true. <laughs> so that's the Maniac this Shotgun Blast. I called it the Maniac Shotgun Blast. Blast. And you know what? It happens kind of early on in the film. All right. Good stuff. So that's our number three. Number two. Our number two is, honestly, this would be my number one. But you know what? He's it's so good. We have to, we have to. Well, are we gonna do a joint number one? No, no, no. I was just gonna say this one is so good that we had to name the character twice. Yes, that's actually true. And this is this is actually bleeding into a topic I do want to do at some point. Okay. And that is the Friday the Thirteenth franchise favorite deaths kills ranked, which is funny because I'll have to rewatch that entire fucking series again to come. And up it'll with be this. amazing. I'm not. Be fucking I'm amazing. not upset at it. So, this death from. Friday the 13th is Jason, Jason X, X and I wrote frozen face smash again Kane Hodder doing what he does best and it's so good because I you know I saw this movie really young it's one of the first uh Friday the 13th films I actually watched all the way through I think it was on TV at the time and uh, this scene fucked me up this is where Jason uh puts a woman's face cryogenically in, freezes it yes in like basically liquid nitrogen mm-hmm. and then smashes it on the fucking counter Literally pieces. To pieces. And it's it's such a good... They could have fucked this up and made it um, CG. And they didn't. It's fucking perfect. It's fucking great. Jason X, Frozen Face Smash. Love it. Number one is... I'm going to respectfully disagree. I think this is the true number one. Let's hear it. Uh, we went with the OG, Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Uh, whenever the... Romero. Of course. Is this... No, I was going to say this is the flannel zombie, but that is incorrect. Uh, it's one of their first stops after they've taken flight in Flyboy's helicopter. Yes. Um, they're not paying attention to their surroundings, and several zombies are slowly on the move. One of them steps on, is it like hay to try to get to one of them? Yeah, something like that. The blade from Flyboy's helicopter is still twirling, and the top <laughs> of this zombie's head just gets chopped off. And we see blood beautifully stream down his face. Yes. And also kill the zombie. And Romero's blood was so tight. It was like bright red. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. I love so, stylized blood. I love stylized violence. Well, obviously. But there you go. The Dawn of the Dead, I wrote helicopter chop. You know, you're just you're chopping your fucking jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, yeah, jack chop. Uh, I also brought up, this is not, wouldn't make the list, but similar scene from 28 Weeks Later. Okay. And it, I believe it's Weeks, where the helicopter, uh, they decapitate a bunch of zombies. Right. But, oh, I, I wanted to mention, uh, when whenever we were brainstorming this topic. 15 minutes before we recorded. Yes, yes. Uh, the biochemical engineer's death in Planet Terror. Just because yes. it's silly. Yes. You know, it's funny, I thought about so that's our list. That's our list of our favorite head kills. I thought about our top 10 of the last 10 years. Oh, shit. I forgot to announce uh, something important about our podcast. So I'm going to say this quickly here. Um, if you want to listen to old episodes of the podcast, for whatever reason, uh, long story short, I use Tumblr to post our podcast. And that's all going fine, except it'll only show the latest 15 episodes. So... They are all listed. There's a link in every new episode. So the last episode and this episode will have a link in our description. Just like, so when you, when you were listening to this episode, you can scroll down and look at the notes. 
and there's a link to all the episodes in one spot. So you can just click that. You can listen to any of our old episodes. They're all available there. It's like ghoulsquadrss.tumblr.com. And they're all right there. So if you want to listen to our older episodes, they're there. They're just not in iTunes, which sucks. Right. Uh, it'll only list the latest 15 episodes in iTunes, which is frustrating. But hey. So Ghoul Squad now on Tumblr. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, if you want to listen to old episodes, uh, click the link in the description. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I think that's pretty much it oh on one of our on one of our first in fact our first episode of all time we did our top 10 of the last 10 years i feel like i left out grindhouse did i did you put grindhouse on yours don't say you don't remember i feel like i at least mentioned planet I terror i feel like we did too and i don't know if grindhouse would make it but it's certainly a seminal film from that era but it's not Green? uh i don't think it made my top 10 and you have reached the end of this episode and we'll be back. You've reached the end of another bullshit list by the Gold yes. Squad. Yes. Uh, so we thought we would do this episode and, you know, give you some content before our Dimension Extreme episode does come out. But I think we haven't committed to this, but this may be a formula for us. This may be the way going forward where we do episodes that aren't as jam-packed with a topic, but more about what we've seen, and then episodes with a big topic. So this may be the way going forward. What do you think, Eric? You like that? I like that. I think it'll, I'm serious. I think it might help you too. So you won't have to feel like you have to prepare so hard. Correct. You know, we can do a, what we've been watching episode and then a big preparation episode. So, and our next episode should finally be dimension extreme. Our top five dimension extreme films, rapey films, extreme. I don't like that. You're saying that my favorite dimension extreme film. They're not all rapey. I just feel like some of them are like, eh. my favorite dimension extreme film does not include rape. And you will find that film out. On the next episode oh, of Storm the Morning Ghoul Squad podcast. Bye-bye. Well, it's not over yet. I don't know. What else do you have to say? Close you back off. Close you back off. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I had a shout out and I forgot it. So I'm going to say it now. If you're listening, buddy, from Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Hello. He sent me a message saying he listens to every episode. He has They have their own podcast called Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. So shout out to them. He says he listens to every episode, which we appreciate. Absolutely. And he offered to guest on a podcast at some point if we need another guest. Now, I informed him I don't currently have a way to do that because me and Eric are sitting here recording on Andrew Sierra. Hello, Andrew. His uh, recorder um, it's a portable recorder that doesn't hook up to the internet. Now, I think I can hook up to a computer. I think we can do it. Um, it's not, that's not going to happen soon, but yes. Um, thank you so much for offering. Like, that's so cool that another horror podcast would like listen to, to us out. exactly and reach out and want to do it. So it's not currently possible, but maybe in the future. So, um, anyways, exploding heads, horror movie podcast, check them out. Thanks guys. Um, and that's pretty much it. I think our next episode is about top five dimension extreme. And that's pretty much it, Eric. Are you happy to be back? Get the fuck out of my house. Okay. Close uh, your back up? Close your back up. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.